Oh man, here we are again, getting some color. The fastest guns in the north, south, east, west, no fly zone, danger zone, heaven, hell. Wow. Pay your taxes. You fucking understand international space politics. Sometimes you listen to Pink Floyd and it makes you think, yeah. And here we are talking about interdimensional space travel and and wrestling and psychology, man. Yeah, all about the wrestling psychology. How does it make any sense? What can you do to reach the people out there through the television tube? Man. What? <laughs> all right, guys. <laughs> As Chaz is getting drunk off of Macho Man Randy Savage. Yeah. Which, by the way, we're doing uh, June 8, uh, June 28th, 1993, Monday Night Raw, and we're doing our June awards that we do every at the end of the month in 1993 calendar of WCW. Since WCW did not have a show, and I looked at the calendar, does not have a show for a while, by the way. Did you notice that? Yeah, there's, there's no Saturday nights for like a couple weeks, apparently. <laughs> Maybe they didn't get the rights to it or something. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, but we're going to have a couple of weeks without WCW, and you know what? I'm fine with that <laughs> because maybe they need a fresh start. I mean, I'm going to miss the, the you know, Sid Vicious and Vader, you know, being on a U-boat, you know, in in wrestling gear, you know, doing an, a, a bombing on Sting's boat. But anyway, I'm Joe Dubs. Oh, is it me? Yeah, sorry. I'm drunk. No. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, uh, I'm Chaz. I'm, I'm Macho Zach. I'm, I'm here. I know we're going to be talking about this on WWF Raw, but what machismo? What does that actually mean? That means you have fucking high T. That means that you're you're fucking awesome. That's what that means. Because yeah, I know um, Scott Hall when he's at WCW, which by the way I like how he calls uh, Macho Man. The nacho man, like with a nacho, because he's like mocking him at WCW when he's the machismo. Out- yeah, strong or aggressive masculine pride. Thanks, Google. <laughs> I just looked at it as well. But yeah, uh, uh, Ted DiBiase talks about that later. But we'll get into that. Um, but before we get into WWF Raw, we WrestleMania happened, and if you remembered last episode, we were just like, "Fuck that shit." We were just like, we're not going to watch it or anything. Um, Fucking Yeah. And then all of a sudden, night one was okay or good. And then night two was decent. Um, yeah. The main event was kind of <laughs> lackluster. Um, yeah. I, I am going to say this. I did not watch the Becky Lynch and Bianca Belair. I know that was a good match. I'm going to be, uh. fr- I'm going to be frank with you guys. Listen, I understand Becky Lynch is doing good. She's doing great with her promos. She's doing great with wrestling. I don't see her as the man anymore. She's not. Yeah. They, they, they've changed her gimmick. That's not what she is anymore. She's big time Bex now. Yeah, I don't yeah, like that. The, the drip goddess. Yeah. She's a heel. That's what she's, you're not supposed to. You're no, supposed to think she's a bitch. No, no. I'm, I'm, I'm coming from a mark. Well, no, no that, that means then I'm going for it. But I'm coming from a... Uh, a point of view where I'm just like, I understand what she's doing as a heel, and yeah, you know, you shouldn't like that as a heel, but at the same time, I'm kind of like, 
she's just matching Seth Rollins. <laughs> like she's... No, she's not. No, that is not even a fair comparison. Well, the drip thing. No. Seth Rollins is the... fucking terrible. No, 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 no. it'd be... Oh, okay, okay, go ahead, go ahead. The, the, the drip thing is where I'm at because when she was the man, and I know she's changed because he's not the man anymore, but she wore a leather jacket and looked fucking cool. And this one, it's just like, I what the straight hair and her fuck why does she look like a pumpkin what was her face like why does she have that stuff under her eye and all the like outrageous a- stuff that she wears like she's the the drip thing and that's what the comparison i'm making with seth rollins because seth rollins has this outrageous clothes but he's being stupid and just laughing <laughs> i'm seth rollins I think it's the same reason that uh, Jericho started wearing trunks like 15 years into his career and everybody got pissed about it. And someone asked him why he did it. And he was like, well, what do you, how do you feel about it? And they were like, I hate it. it pisses me off. It's like, exactly. That's the point. I get uh, it, but I, I don't like thing about the You're working yourself into a shoot, brother. <laughs> the thing about the eye makeup thing, if you're talking about how she looked at WrestleMania 38 and her hair, there was an angle where she tried to cut Bianca's hair and she fucked up because Bianca knocked her out and cut her hair. So she got mad and she had to redo her hair and that's the way she looks now. Mm-hmm. As for the eye makeup thing, that was a that was a Ziggy Stardust, a David Bowie reference thing. She was doing a thing there. Oh. Wow. I appreciated that. Yeah, same, man. Um but uh Dick I, the, the outlandish clothes or whatever, she pulls it off better than Seth because Seth just looks fucking ridiculous no matter what. Mm. And he's doing Joker laughs. And, and he, he's not doing anything of any substance. He's not entertaining. He's just ha, 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 ha. And then he'll have like a good match maybe once a month or something. I don't know. <laughs> I'm going to make a hot take. Like Whatever opinion you have about WrestleMania doesn't hold as much weight until you've watched that match because the Becky Lynch Bianca Belair match was the best match of, of both nights. Oh yeah, I agree. But my thing is like, yeah. I just don't care for the feud and that's where I just go. Ah, cause I know who's going to win. I mean, I knew Bianca Belair was going to get her WrestleMania moment. There was no way that Becky Lynch was going to win again because then that's just burying Bianca even further. Well, not burying, but like solidifying another loss where she got she got buried when Becky Lynch came back. That's that's what I will agree with, is that she came back and she was like pinned within like ten seconds, and that was a buried time. Right. I'm gonna turn that on its head though. Like one year ago, opening match of night two for WrestleMania 37, the Fiend returns to fight Randy Orton. Everybody knew that was gonna happen, and everyone thought that that the Fiend was going to go over and win that match. Did anyone think that they were going to let Randy Orton win by some shenanigans where Alexa Bliss has, like, this weird, like, helmet of Christ on her head and she's bleeding black goo all over herself? Never underestimate how how much WWE will disappoint you. So, I, that, like, I actually would not have put it past him to let Becky Lynch win that over something stupid. Mm-hmm. So, therefore, her getting her moment actually, to me, like, stuck out even more. It's like, oh, they actually did the right thing which I think overall, for the most part, they did the right thing on both shows. Like, they, they delivered a lot of stuff pretty well. Um, again, it doesn't mean it was great, but but the, the show was, night one especially, was pretty good. Mm-hmm. But, but, yeah. Uh, all the other m- matches, I mean, I'm going to uh, talk about the ones that stood out for me um, that, sure. I, that I like. Uh, 
Stone Cold. Um, no, everybody thought like, okay, it's the KO show. He's either gonna they're they're gonna get into a fist of cuffs and he's gonna hit the stunner and everybody's gonna go home happy because the stunner happened. No, it was a trap. <laughs> it's a trap. And KO was like, uh, yeah, I I invited you on my show because. You know, I want to have a match with you. Uh, no holds barred and stuff. And I will say, Steve Austin actually had me a little on the edge of my seat because he hesitated a little bit. And I, I cherished that he did that because I was like, maybe they're going to drag this to, like, I don't know, Backlash or SummerSlam where he, like, says... No, son, I'm not ready. Let me get ready, son. And, like, hit the stunner and then leave. Uh, and <laughs> that's what I thought was happening. But he's like, no, let's fucking do this. And I was like, okay. Then I was like, all right, they're doing a match. It's just going to be in the ring. Maybe a little bit on the outside. And then they come back, stunner, one, two, three, gone. No, they went through without the whole fucking arena. Steve Austin took fucking suplex on fucking, not even Matt. A fucking floor, floor and a stage. Yeah. And I was like, he's giving the rub off on Kevin Owens. And I'm surprised about that. Mm -hmm. This is a big rub for Kevin Owens. And it's a matter of what WWE will do with Kevin Owens from there on in the future. Now, I don't have confidence in the WWE creative team because he could just fuck off and be in catering for the rest of the year. Uh, oh, it's too late. They already fucked it up. He, he's feuding with Stu Pickles now. Oh, yeah. Well. <laughs> so, it, it's over. <laughs> he called it Stu Pickles. That's fantastic. <laughs> you uh, you saw the beam, didn't you? <laughs> no, I haven't. But he doesn't know he was making pudding at 4 a.m. <laughs> he gonna, doesn't know why. I'm going to show you the meme after we're done here. Yeah. You'll, you'll, yeah. yeah. Which, by the way, it, uh, Elias is not Elias anymore. He's Ezekiel. But the storyline is that Elias is his younger brother to his... Uh, I already fucked it up. Ezekiel is the brother to Elias and all that. And they're they're running with that. That's right. Yeah. Um, yeah, but Elias is dead. So Ezekiel's there to avenge him. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, it's like the, the, uh, the plot in Beer Fest. Mm -hmm. They kill the one guy in the tank and... His younger brother comes, and he can drink better. Yep, but, there it is. But what do you guys have to say about the Stone Cold match? Like, I was surprised. Like, I was like, oh, hell yeah. And, by the way, it's the end of his uh, in-ring career. He said that it was that was the final, and I'm happy that he said that, by the way. Because I'm, I'm like, maybe he has one more in him. And I've er also heard, like, rumblings that he might do Saudi Arabia, but he's like, nah, I'm not doing that. <laughs> you never know. Maybe they maybe they might throw more millions of dollars and maybe he might do it. Maybe. If the money's right. But who would he face? Omos. Omos. Okay. Yeah. Um I like yeah, I like the uh Kevin O Stoke Hold match. I mean that that was way more than what I expected it was gonna be. I think everybody thought that. It's like, oh shit. Mm -hmm. I mean, they went like, what was it like 14 minutes, bell to bell? Yep. Um, that was longer than the fucking main event of night two. Yeah. <laughs> like, I just like twice the length of it, and it was better. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Um, it was. 
But, yeah, Steve Austin was in good shape. You can tell he's older. He can't move as good as he used to be able to, but he still can. You just fucking want to believe him anyway. It still works. I mean, honestly, he it, what, it actually, it's funny. His his match is very comparable to a standard Attitude Era match for, for Steve Austin because they were protecting his neck. Yeah. So, like, it actually works out that the Stone Cold you loved anyway would wrestle matches very similar to that. So, he, it just works out that way, you know? Yeah, like he, that's, he, he had to switch to more of a brawling style after his neck injury, and it's, that's why he can still kind of do his thing for the most part. He has his, you know, bundle of wrestling moves he does, but for the most part, it's more like a fight. Which is actually more surprising that he took some of the bumps he did for Kevin Owens. Like, I actually agree with you, Dubs, the the um the rub that was given to Kevin Owens and just the like I can't imagine he's got to be elated right now because just a few months ago people were debating whether his contract you know he was going to be up is he going to sign back with WWE is he going to go to AEW you know clearly he has a lot of friends in AEW and there was thought that he's being misused and you know a handful of years back you know there was that match between him and, and Chris Jericho which was that that blow off between the best friends and, and uh, it ended up being a big disappointment backstage. Like Vince was, you know, he had heat backstage with Vince because he felt like he under delivered. And I, I imagine this is something for him. that feels like a huge win because how much faith uh, or how confident do you feel uh, whenever Vince McMahon trusts you to wrestle with stone cold and stone cold's like, ah, yeah, you get my last match and I've not wrestled for almost two decades. Think of all the people in 20 years now that have come through wrestling who have never had a chance to wrestle stone cold. And he said, Nope, I'm going to wrestle you mm-hmm. like that is, that's such a huge compliment to him. So, I mean, I really hope they do ride that because he deserves so much there. Um, I, I'd really like to see that they, they give him a program and, you know, Roman's currently at the top of the mountain and, it would be great to see some other people within that card and not simply just be people that Roman swats down. Um, so maybe they are able to turn that into something and, and Kevin Owens can uh, go from there. I'd love to see something later where not necessarily a match, but maybe there's a segment later where down the road, Stone Cold comes back and like give something back to Kevin Owens to then pay or like show him like, Hey, you're in my respect from this or that. And, you know, they they have the whole beer segment or something together, and that that helps further cement. Hey, you know, KO's the guy. That'd be pretty cool. Um, I I will say, I know they did some house shows with Cody Rhodes and uh, we call it um Kevin Owens, and I wonder, um, because which by the way, by the way. Cody Rhodes is with the WWE. He showed up at WrestleMania to face Seth Rollins. We'll talk about. We'll talk about that. Yeah, it was it was one of the big news. Uh, but I I have a feeling Cody Rhodes is gonna get close to Roman for a title shot, and I have a feeling Kevin Owens is gonna be the party pooper to, you know, uh, make sure that Cody Rhodes does not win the title, and they have a feud. That might go on to maybe, I don't know, one of the big pay-per-views that they have or take it all the way to Mania where it's Cody versus Kevin Owens. Because um, as much as... I still think Cody is a mid-carder at best. 
and I don't think he's going to win the big title. I there, there is no way that I see him taking the belt off of Roman Reigns. I there there is unless the belt is off Roman, then I don't see him winning the title. That's just my opinion. Um because that would Call- that would downgrade Roman in my opinion. Calling it now. I'm just going to throw my hot take for predictions. Next year at WrestleMania, Roman Reigns will be the main event, but he will not have the title, and there will not be a title on the line for the main event. And Cody Rhodes and Kevin Owens will wrestle for the main event. Uh, or, or sorry, wrestle for the title, non-main event or co-main event, however you want to look at it, if it's two nights. But they'll wrestle for the, the title. I don't know who's going to have the belt, but money in the bank is that wild card that helps. So you, I could even see something where uh, Cody and Roman feud and one or the other closely, uh, like one, you know, overwhelms the other and finally uh, wins the match. Either way it goes, that's where Kevin Owens could sneak in with money in the bank if he was to claim it and then take the title and then just hold it as like that, that shit heel that somehow manages to like keep the, the title until Mania. Maybe that's how Cody gets his chance to get it back. Like maybe Cody wins it in that fleeting moment. He holds it and he's crying and they're like putting out moments like the, or pushing out to say, Oh, there's, you know, there's uh, the grandson of, uh, or the son of a plumber. Uh, grandson son of a plumber. plumber. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so they're looking at that whole thing. Sorry. I, I've took this to the head and I'm, I'm going to drift off into space at this point, mm. but uh, yeah. The grandson of a plumber is crying in the ring. He's looking up and he's like, I did it, daddy. I did it. And then Kevin Owens comes out, ruins the whole thing, takes the belt from him. And everyone's super pissed. That That's your SummerSlam. And, right. And then mm. after that, KO holds onto that belt. They feud the whole time. There's even like a, a standoff where he's able to get a match, but he can't win it. And he can't challenge for the title again in a direct way so he wins the royal rumble and that's how he gets his title shot because no matter what royal rumble allows you to take it i just that's how he gets it i just see cody be like i if i don't win the title i won't i won't uh compete for this title ever again i'm like no why did you put yourself (laughs) i want to i actually want to hear him say that because then i immediately want to hear someone in commentary particularly pat mcafee go ah here we go again Mm. like that'd be great Here's a hot take. Pat McAfee will be WWE champion in five years. Within five years from now, I he it. will have held that title. I, again, that's why it's a hot take. Mm-hmm. It's spicy. But that man's over as fuck. Mm-hmm. We'll get tonight. I mean, we're we're not giving like a fuller review, but we're kind of like speed lightning a little bit. What do you guys want to talk about night one? You guys want to touch on Becky and Bianca? Because I know you guys saw it. And did you want to discuss anything about that? Um, We'll give props to Logan Paul real fast. Uh, That was surprising. Better than Dominic. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Better than a lot of people. (laughs) Um, As a a Pokemon card collector, I appreciated the swag. I, I, I love the troll and, uh, and I do think that he really grasped how to to live up to the heel persona. Uh, the aftermath of the match was a little weird, but now nah, whatever. The yeah the the Raw Women's Title match was good. There was uh, both of them did a lot of different spots in offense they don't usually do. One of them <laughs> resulted in a, a a potato, a, a pretty hard one, 
where I think Becky was trying to do a Molly go, go around. Sometimes she tries to pull that one out in like bigger matches. And it was like, I guess Bianca was too close or something. Mm. And instead of it being a Molly go around, it was like a, a somersault drop kick to her face. <laughs> <laughs> and then they sold it like, wow, I've never seen a, a flipping drop kick before. Like the commentary said that. <laughs> And it's like before by the time the match was almost over, yeah, yeah, her her whole eye was pretty much almost swollen up. Oh man. And yeah, she took her glasses off, Bianca did on, on Raw and showed everybody, yeah, my eyes fucked up, but I'm okay. <laughs> yeah, give it credit to the announced team to try to help sell that because I got it when I heard that, I was like, Oh, that's weird. And I went back and watched and I was like, that wasn't some unique thing. That was a that looked like that was a little bit of a botch and then who took a took a hit? That was that was good for the announce team to try to salvage it. The finish was good too. Uh, mm-hmm. Something I've noticed a lot about a lot of the WWE matches, like past couple years, is it seems like they'll just end out of nowhere. It's like really fucking flat. But no, this one was actually built pretty well, and a couple other matches here did that too, where the the, the ending didn't just fucking come out of nowhere. Like, oh, it's just over now. Oh, he grabbed a, a guillotine choke and he just ended it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> No, I, I think that this match definitely was the best match. I, actual wrestling match. It it was the best match um, of both nights. I won't say that I was the most entertained by this match because the nostalgia pump from watching the whole Stone Cold KO thing was just massive. That was great. But the but this match as itself was, was the best match uh, of the WrestleMania card. And not far behind it is the Cody-Seth Rollins match. That match was actually really good. Cody got quite the ovation. I really think they handled both the Cody Rhodes surprise return and the Stone Cold return very well. A lot of people were criticizing why they weren't on shows prior, but you know what? They actually delivered for both of those, and it worked out. So I do think that. That being said, the best wrestling match of the weekend was not – even on the WrestleMania card, but we'll get there after we finish all this. I'll I'll, I'll mention that after my, mm-hmm. my plug to to ROH, but we'll get there. Do we have a uh, what is it? No, I was gonna say, do we have any night one? Because the Cody Rhodes and Seth Rollins thing, uh, I will give it. It was a good wrestling match, and I haven't seen a good wrestling match in WWE in a long time. So, was surprised about that. Um, See, I was I had the opposite opinion of Chaz. I thought that was the best wrestling match of the weekend. Uh, <laughs> it's the other, like Becky and Bianca is like second to me though. It's it's not that far off from it. It's just I don't know the <laughs> part of it was the spectacle and how over Cody was just being there that helped it a lot. And they were doing like some kind of old school wrestling psychology stuff too. They were and then there was. I like Seth's interplay in there. You know, he's, he's shit talking to him, telling him, look, the big leads, you bitch. It's like, like, I was like, why can't Seth just be like that? Why, why does he have to be this fucking weirdo that just laughs at everybody? Why can't he just be like an asshole? <laughs> if, it, if it helps at all for how the ratings go for me, because I totally could respect if someone had that opinion. Um, I rated uh, I rated the Becky match eight. Eight and a half chazzes, and I gave eight and a quarter chazzes to uh, the Cody Rhodes uh, yeah. Seth match. I thought they were right neck and neck. Like I definitely by far, like I, those are the two. Like I, as far as an actual wrestling match goes, I can't rate the Stone Cold KO match as as highly. However, 
I I was entertained as hell. It was entertaining uh, as fuck, yeah. And there's another that, match like that later too. Oh yeah, night two. Yeah, I, I didn't want to jump to that, but yeah, there there are a couple matches actually that I thought that were in that same ballpark. Uh, but but yeah, I gave I gave Seth and Cody eight point three, Becky and Bianca seven point six. Oh, okay, you know. okay. You really you really took off on that potato. I love that. <laughs> no, I was fine. Hey, it, what? The uh, I, I liked a lot of the counter spots they did too. Like they did some really big counter spots that were like crazy. Um, oh, they did. Yeah, I, I love counter wrestling. Man, yeah. that's I, I'm a sucker for counter wrestling. I, I really am. Uh, and it wasn't. Like, think... It wasn't like convoluted counter wrestling. You know what I'm saying? It's just like they go. They go for a really big move and they counter it in a like a really creative way that registers, and then they go and do something else. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you don't need to have counter, counter, counter. You can you can just have someone counters the move. Okay, give that a minute to breathe. Counter the next thing. That's fine. Um, but yeah, no, I I like defensive wrestling, um, mm-hmm. and I, I I agree. I really like that, that. That's a way. It also helps build a lot of things because it gets away from you have someone doing a lot of high spots or like really crazy spots that otherwise like end up being like you know destroyers that are transitional moves and stuff. Yeah. Those are things that, if you have someone that's a counter wrestler that actually shuts that down and uses that to their their advantage, it actually makes a match so much better. Totally. I'll, I'll talk about that a little more later on. Uh, actually, related to a match that just happened last night. Um, but yeah, anyway, uh, yeah, that's all I've got for night one. I, I I did enjoy myself. I was pleasantly surprised with with how WrestleMania went. Yeah, night one made me want to watch night two. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, pretty much. And when I watched night two, because I know uh, me and Zach were watching it live. I don't know, uh, Chaz, if you were watching it later on. Uh, mm-hmm. First thing I want to talk about, Sami Zayn versus Johnny Knoxville. I want to get this out of the way. <laughs> um, I, think that, I think we already alluded to it. That's what Zach was talking about. Yeah, uh, I wasn't actually talking about that one, but like, yeah, it kind of will sort of fall in that same category. Let me just say real quick, that was trash. It was stupid, <laughs> but it was funny. Yes. Yeah. So you I were talking about the other one. I talked. I, I I said there were two matches, and that was one of them. So we the other one must be the one we're both talking about. I couldn't rate that because I, I couldn't really call it a match because because mm-hmm. of what it was. But it was. I didn't rate it either. I had yeah. fun. Yeah. So there. <laughs> uh, I really loved what they did with this match, and this is not me being like it was a genius. It was just. It was jackass in a ring, literally. Um, they had talk about a hot take. <laughs> yeah, this uh, is the best wrestling match, more better than Kenny Omega versus Okada at the Sumo Dome. Twenty-eight <laughs> stars. <laughs> <laughs> Ten stars in the Tokyo Dome. Dave Meltzer just coming everywhere. Um, but this match had the big hand. It had uh, uh, Wee Man. It had Mark and Wee Man and Mike Pontius. And yeah. The, the the best thing that I enjoyed about this match was not even the match, but the tweet that was sent out about how Mark Henry's Mark. son debuted. <laughs> and his response to it, he saw it, and he said, I only produce generational talent. <laughs> uh, oh, my God. I looked like Sammy Zayn had a fun time, even though he was, like, you know, selling that, like, this is outrageous and shit. And just him losing by a giant fucking mousetrap. Just one stupid. 
And two, it just like, I like how it failed and somehow Johnny Knoxville was like, I know how to fix this really quickly so it could snap. And he, and he did it. And him winning that, and, and I want to say this too, I'm glad they took the fucking Intercontinental Championship off of Sami Zayn. Because <laughs> imagine oh, if Johnny yes. Knoxville won the title because of a mousetrap. That that would yeah. be a disgrace to the belt. There there are some peeves about the card, about the fact that the IC and the US title were not uh, defended, which I get, and I'm fine with that too, but I agree with you. I'm so glad that they didn't have the title on the line. Mm-hmm. That being said, I, and maybe I, I have some bias to it, I, Sami Zayn seems like he's having the time of his life in, in WWE right now, and it's great. He is such a a good person in general. There's a lot of charity work that he puts drive toward. And I've actually talked to him personally, like in messaging, um, by donating to some of the charity charity work that he does in Syria, um, to help uh, with relief for some of the refugees there. And there couldn't be a more down to earth, humble person, like absolutely just an outstanding individual, but then just gets wrestling because he is such an obnoxious, like shit, heel on television and you want to see him get his his ass beat yeah. and that's perfect it's it's great so i i mean just couldn't say enough good things and the fact that he seems like he's enjoying what he's doing so it's just it, it's good it's it's great stuff to watch but i agree with you can't rate the mate the or rate the match because of what it is but that's okay I, I i'm gonna say this hot take by the way since we're doing fucking hot takes we man yeah. could slam yokozuna on the intrepid. He yeah. totally could. He totally could have if he was there. <laughs> if only we had a time machine. Oh, oh man. I mean, oh. I I'll tell you, in 2022, yes, we man could definitely slam Yokozuna because that corpse is probably not weighing very much anymore. <laughs> no, I went there. <laughs> uh, sorry, I had to go there. It went dark. No, it's good. Oh, uh, Real quick, uh, Triple H came out at the beginning of night two and he left his boots in the ring. I said, "Welcome yeah. to WrestleMania." I was like, "Damn, what a class guy!" He didn't even like give a speech or anything. Yeah, he, he just... <laughs> I thought about that because I was like, because they talked about how he's not gonna do like stu- uh, stuff in general in the ring, like meaning even like stuff like how he did at WrestleMania. I was like, wait yeah. a second, this is kind of like a a high moment for like your heart, right? Because you're excited, you're in front of the crowd. I was like, and he's screaming like WrestleMania, and I was like, oh man, is he gonna have a heart attack? <laughs> What's gonna happen? <laughs> um, so I was surprised because I was waiting for a speech. I w- I thought he was gonna like cry or whatever because uh, the last time I seen Triple H cry is when, <laughs> remember that weird thing where Vince McMahon came out and Raw and they were just like we voted you out of the board and they. <laughs> started crying and shit oh yeah yeah but they were like he, he had to be the one to tell him that he was fired and yeah and stuff oh yeah i i just i watched that not too too long ago uh like going back and watching certain rounds and that is very weird to watch him where vince is like getting really upset and he's like i'm really sorry i i didn't have a, a choice we had to do it mm-hmm. the board decided it's very awkward the, the crowd's like what the fuck's happening vince yeah. is all weird <laughs> period it's it's very weird <laughs> So, like, when I saw Triple H here, and, and, like, he put his boots down, and then he did the whole WrestleMania, and then the pyro happened, and then he left, I was like, that's cool. I mean, some people like to have the last talk, but, like, I don't think 
well, then again, this is the place he would want to do it with everybody there. But he didn't put he he didn't put himself in front of the company, um, which tells me that he's still loyal. Because <laughs> remember when yeah. he was like out of commission for a while, people were like, "Oh shit, Triple H is gonna be fucking AEW." I'm like, "No, you're fucking stupid." <laughs> like, oh, he's not gonna do that. Yeah, he'll get his Hall of Fame speech next year. I'm sure that that'll be where he, he yes. Cl- closure triple h uh, vince if you fucking watch this fucking show which i'm pretty sure you don't you know uh, he does this is like one of the only things he watches <laughs> he just wakes up all right gotta watch some getting some color son let me let me watch it while i watch my game <laughs> who's that who's that frat kid dubs he's telling me that i i don't know what i'm doing i'm a fucking billionaire <laughs> damn it Anyway, sell stutters all day. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't think he actually puts him in the Hall of Fame next year. I'm sure they'll find someone else that can fit in there. I think you let him. I think you let him lead the class of WrestleMania 40. Like, because that's a, that's a big even number. Like, that's just a big thing to stand. And you know, I think Paul Levesque gets such a a bad rap for like maybe the politicking in the back and he i think it's a lot of it's more like the association with a lot of other people who end up with bad things like think about like how much crap and heat he had to take for being associated with Shawn michaels in the 90s when he was having his crash and burn and then the mid-2000s like he he really was in a lot of ways at times the best guy and he got put in these programs and he gets blamed for oh well he's the one that made them put him over instead and he buried all these people. Well, he didn't do that. And think about what he's done with NXT. Like he's actually been devoted to trying to build the best product possible and putting a lot of people over. And I, I don't think he gets enough credit for that. And I think even the way he got to go off in a classy way is nice. So I think him getting to headline something as, as titular as as WrestleMania 40 would really really stand for that because he he is again maybe not my personal subjective list of Mount Rushmore's, but like in a lot of people, he's, he's probably on their Mount Rushmore of like the best wrestlers. Let's, I don't know if you guys would agree. I, I I'm ag- drunk and rambling. So shut me up anytime. I agree with you. Um, I mean, there's obviously some drama that is entailed with triple H with, with China. Uh, when he was still dating China, he was like fucking Stephanie McMahon. But then again, who wouldn't, um, <laughs> Sorry, like I'm being mean. China's dead and Stephanie's not. But if, like, if I had the choice between China and Stephanie, I'm always choosing Stephanie. Um, but so I understand that. Um, but overall, he's he's one of my favorite wrestlers. Uh, same here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Same. Absolutely. We're all. Look at that. Never mind. We're all the Triple H Stand Club. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'll, I'll go yeah. back too. Everybody talks about the Reign of Terror, and I'm like. That's probably not what happened. It was just like, like honestly, I, I laid it out for a couple of people because I've had this debate with people before. It's like, oh, he was burying everybody. I'm like, no, think about this. Like, at that point in time, he's like one of the only guys they have left that's full time that's just as over as Rock or Austin or anybody. Mm-hmm. Like, what are you gonna do? Like, who, who are you not gonna put the belt on that guy and have him carry the the brand, the company? Let's let's talk some fun facts. Okay. Who do you think has the most WrestleMania matches of all time? Oh, oh, shit. Um, Triple H? I'll give you a clue. We just, it's Triple H. Yeah. What do you think his record is? He's had 23 matches. What do you think his record is? It's probably more losses than wins. The two has to be 13. in Taker, right? He's, he's 10 and 13. 
Oh, yeah, so the man, the man has a losing record at WrestleMania. How in the world is that not putting people over? Like mm. that's the whole point. Like to me, like I, I really feel like it, he gets a bad rap for being pushed over. And again, a lot of that's it's just, it's only different than how like people were mad at Roman Reigns for being the guy getting shoved down everyone's throat. He has nothing to do with that. It's booking. Now again, there is more influence back in the you know earlier days. I'm sure some of that's there, but that's not his fault. I really think the only the only time I can even think of a time where really he should not have been the one to go over, but it probably wasn't his decision, was his match with Booker T. Yeah. WrestleMania. Booker T should 100% have won that because there were racist overtones, and that <laughs> really should not have went the way it did. Uh, that probably should have been the other way. But again, was that even his fault? No. He's uh, not the one that, that chooses. Like, that's that's Vince. You remember yeah. Durag Vince, by the way? Just want to point that out there. Oh, it's let's not even go there because I'm drunk <laughs> enough. I'll say some shit that'll get us banned from YouTube and podcasts alike. So let's not even go there. When he goes up to John Cena. <laughs> oh, don't yeah. tell me he don't just you said. tell me he said that. <laughs> he didn't say We're that. Coming for you. Uh, <laughs> um. Oh yeah, night two. Uh, Edge and AJ Styles was good, but. It I don't was, think it was as good as what everybody thought it was going to be. Yes, and <laughs> I won't say it's like a disappointing, like it sucked. I was like, it was a good match. I didn't like the ending, by the way. I didn't like how like AJ Styles was like, oh my god, what, you, uh, Priest, what are you doing here? And then like he loses, and I'm just like, that's a classic WWE. It was like good match, good match, and then they used something really stupid to end the match to like distraction finish, like that. That was really dumb. Edge's yeah. entrance was the best part. Yes. <laughs> that entrance was fucking sick. Like, yeah, that, mu- that music's pretty cool. I- I'll give him that. My yeah. my autism, though, was looking at his trench coat and then looking at the flames on the steps, and I was like, oh, my God, I hope it doesn't go on fire because they've been having problems with pyros and shit lately. <laughs> so I'm like, oh, my God, Edge is going to go on fire. <laughs> Don't want this to happen. Uh, but we'll it get did. The, the real-life crispy fiend. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and another hot take, by the way, I think Christian will be with the WWE soon. I think they're going to bring Edge and Christian back somehow. But whatever this new brood Edge thing that he's doing, I think uh, whenever Christian's contract is up, he's coming back to WWE. Okay, three years. That is a long, that is a long-ass time. That's like a decade in WWE years. So unless he, like, again... If he asks for his release or something, that's different. Mm-hmm. Maybe he moves, but as of right now, Christian's not going anywhere. But I, I, I see what you're saying, though. It'd be really cool if he's a part of that. I, they're going kind of for a really weird, like, Ministry of Darkness type of thing. Mm-hmm. I don't sort know. Of. It almost feels like 40s dads who like metal are getting together and being edgy. It, well, it seems kind of weird, but eh, whatever. I've heard, do what they want. I've heard rumors that Rhea Ripley's going to end up in the group, too. Oh, that's cool. Uh, yeah, that's that cool. would help. That'd be yeah. a breath of fresh air. Yeah, that would be nice. That would. I I don't have anything against Damian Priest, but it, yeah. I mean, it would make sen- it would make sense. Did you guys, sorry, did you guys see the thing on Raw where he had the match with AJ uh, this week? No, it was weird as fuck. So I'll just say it real quick. Like they were having a match, and AJ was kind of kicking his ass most of the time, and um. In the middle, like, Damian Priest eventually is able to come back and, and he throws him out of the ring or some shit. And uh, he, like, kneels down in the middle of the ring. And you know that purple light Edge has been using in, like, his promos and shit lately? 
that purple light came on and like Damian Priest looked up into the, the hard camera. And then it's like, he had like these weird contacts in his eyes, and his <laughs> eyes like fully black or some shit. And it was like, I was like, what the fuck? What's happening? And then the lights went out and then they went to commercial. And then we came back and the match was just over. Like it just, it just stopped because Damian Priest transformed and teleported and left. what that sounds like some dumb shit is what that sounds like i don't need that shit shit anywhere near my wrestling they might as well get alex abrahantas on there walking around like goddamn count chocula fucking i can't even deal with that shit like just we're yeah i'm I'm about to get angry and have an aneurysm so i don't don't want to move on stop the spooky shit like right now i don't mind edge having a faction or or I still think it's weird that he just suddenly turned evil. Like, mm-hmm. not heal, he turned evil. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's and, weird. I don't yeah. mind. I don't mind psycho cult leader type of stuff because that that's kind of cool because it's still grounded. Someone's just crazy. That's different. Yeah. I I am not about weird, like graveyard spooky bullshit. Listen, it it the buck stops with the Undertaker. Like, I was gonna say, no one else is gonna pull it off. Spooky graveyard shit. <laughs> like, no, no, that's what I'm saying. Like, there's no one else that's going to pull it off the same way. You're not going to have another Undertaker. It's over. Like, move on. Okay. Like, be psycho. That's it. Let's. All right. So let's say Rhea Ripley becomes uh, part of the faction. I think there's one more you need to add there, right? With Morgan? Or are you thinking about somebody? Or are you just saying in general he need another spot? Up A comeback up? signing. Um, that's very good on the mic. That could be part of this monster uh, within this evil group. Let's say he's a fiend, and Bray Wyatt comes back and is part of this faction. Oh, I thought you meant EC3. Oh no, because he he said a lot on WWE. Yeah, he he had to speak a lot. Yeah, that's right. I'm calling you out. I hope you're watching. We're gonna have this happen. Look at me. Look at look at my my 18 inch scrawny ass arms full fat i'm ready i'm ready for you <laughs> yeah well, you, you got kevin owens physique going right now you're, you're good yeah yeah no it's right here my muscles right here <laughs> i feel like it's <laughs> in, in here <laughs> <laughs> um night oh yeah the edge in aj i agree with you zach uh good match but overhyped and that's kind of been a thing for AJ Styles in WWE, where you think these matches would be great at Mania. They're just overhyped. <laughs> With AJ, it's like the exact opposite of like what you think is good is good. Mm-hmm. It's like when you, you hear a matchup with AJ Styles, like, oh my God, that's like a fucking dream match. And then it happens. And it's just like, it's pretty good or, mm-hmm. or something. And then like, it'll either be the rubber match, like, like later will be better or he'll have a match just out of nowhere that they just made like on SmackDown or something. And it's just a lot. It's just a really good fucking match. Like, I don't get it. (laughs) (laughs) I, I, it just, it's just his detriment. I don't think AJ Styles will ever have a match as good as someone thinks he's going to have from now on. And that is not to discredit him because AJ Styles is one of the best to ever do it. Technically he is great in the ring. But he's he's not where he was in his prime. So everyone wants to think TNA Prime, who could pull uh, what was the his finisher he used to do off the rope, the Spinal Tap. 
Yeah, the spiral he's, tap thing. Well, yeah, like he's not pulling spiral tap anymore. He is. He's actually said on on record he doesn't even remember how to do it anymore. Like Fuck. he's just a different wrestler now. Like he's. That's not a bad thing. Like he can still wrestle very well. He puts on great matches, but people want these these like five star matches out of him, and he's not putting those out. Plus, like the format for WWE is different. It's just not yeah, gonna it's, happen. It's, it's different. That's not me like shitting on AJ Styles. He's great. I love watching him wrestle, and my God, I yeah. love watch hearing him talk. His his accent's great. Like I I like AJ Styles a lot. So that's not me like shitting uh, on him at all but at the same time his matches get overhyped i actually called this when we had our last thing i talked about how his match is gonna under deliver and it's not his fault it's just that's just how that's gonna happen everyone has a, such a him on such a pedestal and it, it's a detriment to his work because it's still really good just thank god it wasn't a low blow oh yeah, yeah that's yeah just a distraction finish right that's a lot better <laughs> um, um. What, what other stuff in night two that because i think oh yeah yeah yeah. Yeah. yeah fucking oh my goodness he was so over i thought it was bizarre like how over he really was with the crowd there mm-hmm. like, what the hell like they just really fucking like him like it it, it really was like out of left field for me uh yeah. and it helped the uh the vibe of the match though a lot yeah it almost reminded me of, and I'm not trying to compare this match to that, but the the feeling you get when you watch it, it reminded me a lot of like uh, Hogan and Rock, like just how into it the crowd was mm-hmm. when they would just do normal spots or something, and like whenever McAfee would get off this, it'd be like like freaking the fuck out, and like when they did the spot where um they're up in the corner and then he like jumps up there and just does the superplex they lost their shit. Mm. <laughs> so there's a there's actually um something I don't know if it's like an interview after or podcast or whatever but Stone Cold's actually been on record after WrestleMania and he said that the loudest pop of the entire weekend no shit it was pre-show of night 1 when Pat McAfee's music hit the very first time before the show even went on live people went ape shit for him he is over he is so over and by god i'm okay with it he's a he's a mountaineer he you know he played for for west virginia university which i'm, I'm gonna have bias toward being being from the state and, and being a diehard fan and uh again i i'm i'm cool with it i again it, the whole thing is it doesn't really matter like he, he clearly knows how to wrestle he's got the the, the technical stuff down he knows how to work the crowd and he he's got his own uh i don't know he's got his own almost unique vibe to him like more of a the you know what if you don't like me whatever like he's got that that type of swagger so i i why w- not i will say i'm surprised like vince mcmahon was like uh wrestlemania i want you to wear uh what you usually wear on your your show that you do with just a tank top but put sparkles and shit and I was like, oh, okay, I would have, I would have, you know, put on my WrestleMania whites and shit for fucking WrestleMania. Um, here's what I will say. Uh, I have to say by his right name, uh, his new name now, Theory, because uh, he's not Austin Theory anymore. But Theory, I'm really impressed by him. Um, I don't know if he'll be because uh, he's not a Vince guy, even though Vince was representing Austin Theory in that in that match. But he's not a big guy 
like Vince likes, and I was entertained by his match. He was a great heel during that whole thing. So we're still doing hot takes, right? Yeah. Austin, well, he's theory now, so we'll see how this goes. Theory in in Vince's eyes is the Shawn Michaels of this generation. Yeah, take that for what it is. By that. Yep. Also, best stunner cell that I've seen in a long time. That stunner cell was pretty great. Mm-hmm. That was fucking great. Oh, you mean Vince's, right? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> that, was that was good for a different reason, but no, the, the, the theory uh, stunner cell was good. I don't think I've ever seen anyone like try to walk upstairs after they get stunnered. <laughs> he did. <laughs> did this you... one was great. So, like, I, I love this match, and then it was like right after that, they did something I was like, oh, god damn it. Like, really? I, I didn't really like the way they handled the thing where like, okay, now this was to fight McAfee, which was like a rumor before WrestleMania. Yeah. They went from doing one of the better things they, they did on both cards. Like again, it wasn't the best technical match, but like it was enjoyable to watch the, the theory uh, McAfee match. And then yeah. they did the, one of the worst matches in WrestleMania history. Like <laughs> Vince McMahon should just not be in there. Put the, the man, like I, they should shave his head and put him in a goddamn wheelchair like Professor X and just never let him get out of that wheelchair again. Uh-uh. Like, just don't wrestle. I know he's Jack. It's great, but you you are father fucking time at this point. Don't wrestle. He's like, got old man now. And it's like, you, the nice thing, though, and this actually speaks to how over McAfee is, his loss to to, uh, to Vince in that did, didn't even phase him. He didn't get buried at all. Mm-hmm. See, so, like, that just shows how over he is. I'm surprised they just didn't do this out because to me it was like so obvious. It's like it's okay, it's okay for Vince to be like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna whip your ass, and then like he had, you know, he had theory fucking tack him from behind or some shit. I mean, mm-hmm. heck, you could have probably even done a low blow or a chair shot or something. Oh, I uh, agree. They, they could have beat the hell out of him and then had a match and he wins easily, or they could have just beat the hell out of him and not even have a match and stand over him, and that's when Stone Cold's thing hits. By the way, I, I was going to say, have, have the interference happen, and he's going to mm-hmm. get ready. Like, I got him. I'm going to pin him. And then Stone Cold comes out to fucking ruin it and save um, him. That, I, I thought that was obvious that they should have done that, but they didn't do it. I wonder. Um, yeah, I, I could see that. I wonder if Vince did that. He's like, I don't want you to be undefeated because Undertaker's not undefeated, so you're going to get a loss. <laughs> you're going you're gonna to lose one-to-one. Um, but, uh, when Stone Cold came out, one, I was, again, I was surprised, even though, like, I knew that was going to happen when Vince went into the ring, because I'm like, Vince has to take a stunner since he's, like, out and about right now, and Stone Cold's in the back. Um, so when he came out, and that stunner happened to Vince, which, by the way, I heard that when he went back, people were like, kind of concerned like thought he was gonna be pissed off that the stunner didn't go well like he was gonna be pissed off at himself he's like well everybody laugh well that's good with me like he all he cares about is that it was entertaining uh, yeah i have i have a theory about this the very first stunner that that vince ever took was horribly sold and this one was horribly sold too and steve austin was laughing super hard I have a feeling they were having such a fun time that weekend, and Vince is known to like want to pull ribs all the time on people. I think it was intentional. I think Vince intentionally tried to sell that like a goofy old man, and and tried it just to try to get 
Austin to laugh hard as hell. Mm-hmm. And he did because he was smiling. He was grinning from ear to ear. He laughed his ass off like for like probably like 10, 20 seconds after. Couldn't even contain himself. And he shouldn't be doing that, right? So it, like, I think it was intentional. Did you did you see the the still uh, that somebody took of it where like it's like the moment Vince goes down taking the stunner? It's like in Austin at the beer in his mouth. It's like the the exact moment where he he hits the ground is the beer spits, and like it looks like Vince is like on Splash Mountain or some shit because his face is like oh like he's making his face like he like he's been punched in the stomach or something. <laughs> Uh, that's pretty great. I'm gonna have to find that picture too. My fa- oh my, my favorite still in that whole thing is after Pat McAfee gets stunned by Stone Cold because that's what he does with his drinking buddies that he likes. Uh, that he goes, yeah, he, yeah. he rolls out of the ring, and there's a shot of Pat McAfee putting beer in his mouth while he's like half unconscious and stuff on the floor. I was like, that's great. Uh, all around, like. This WrestleMania was more fun than, like, storyline moments, if that makes any sense. Because it's like, I it's a nostalgia trip. I mean, it's a huge-ass nostalgia trip. What are you laughing at, Zach? <laughs> uh, but yeah, like, I, I had fun. Um, I will say the main event was shit. Uh, one, predictable. And two... I don't know. Like, we've seen the match so many times. Who cares? Yeah, I agree with that. I will say to their defense, and I don't know if they've ever confirmed anything. I actually think WWE might be hiding the fact that Roman's injured, but Roman had a nasty looking arm after that that Kimura lock, and uh, oh, he was like, hurt. It did not look natural. Yeah, like that looked like a tear. That looked like a muscular tear or a minor dislocation. Now, the whole thing of him, like, telling Heyman, oh, I sold it, like, that's clearly scripted. Like, the way they set that up and everything, that was there, and he was talking about it. But you can't make up, like, where the arm actually is. Like, he looked like he had a partial tricep tear. So, um, and for those who are listening, take that for what it is. Yes, I'm a, I'm a fucking doctor, so, like, I actually know what I'm talking about. That, that muscle lo- looks injured. At the very least, he had a massive hematoma underneath the arm. So those injuries take a while to heal. So there might be a it might be a long time before Roman actually does a significant defense, um, and good for them for protecting him. I think that's why the match ended that way. There's been a lot of reports that the match ended kind of flat, and there was a lot of extra time that was kind of left over, mm. and they kind of filled it after. And it was because they had to come up with a uh, a finish uh, that would still protect Roman. So um, there's even like a report of when he tried to lift the belt, he had to hand it off a certain way. He couldn't lift his arm a certain way. And, and Paul Heyman had to hold the belt. So, so yeah, anyway. Yeah. It's, um, <laughs> I just wanted to picture by the way. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, we call Yeah. Overall. I mean, I don't have a score for WrestleMania. Um, I will say night two was more entertaining Night one seemed like all the wrestling happened, like all the good wrestling happened. Um, and I don't know. It made me want to watch or at least look at Raw after Mania, and that shit sucked. That was the worst Raw after WrestleMania I've ever yeah. seen. Yeah, <laughs> disappointing. But what? What do you mean, Veer? He's there. Veer came. Veer came all over Dominic Mysterio. <laughs> he came hard. He dominated him. 
I would slightly disagree with you. I actually think that night one was still more entertaining as well. I think night two wasn't bad. Like night two stands up above some of the more recent WrestleManias overall that have happened, but it wasn't as strong a show as night one. Yeah. Hmm. But like, I, I can say that watching both of them though, I was like, I enjoyed it and it was more than what I thought I would get out of it. So that kudos to them. They delivered on certain things and that made it worth it. Okay. Well, let's, let's quickly talk about AEW. And since Tony Khan, uh, you know, pays you, pays you, uh, give us a little bit, uh, some like news you want to bring up in AEW on what happened on Dynamite. I know CM Punk faced it. Uh, I always fuck up on who's who, but Pentagon, I guess the yeah Penta Penta Obscuro Penta Dark with uh, Count Chocula as his manager. Oh, listen, until they remove that, his he's just Count Chocula. He's <laughs> he's just Mexican Count Chocula, and he won't be anything else other than that. So if they want to fix it, just get him off fucking television because it's mm-hmm. terrible. But uh, their match was pretty good. I, I actually referenced this match earlier um, when I was talking about defensive wrestling. That that match was pretty good. Um, and specifically because there weren't any of those stupid spots, it was a pretty standard match for how Penta has a match. But they actually went out of their way to make it seem like he was going to do like the the uh, the package pile driver off of on the apron and and uh, he was going to do a destroyer, but he never delivered it because punk countered him and then punk ended up winning so that ended up kind of showing within the story itself hey listen punk knows how to counter these things and it does build the fear you don't need to have them always happen and if a good wrestler knows how to counter it it shows oh well that's all they want their strategy was to keep you from doing your 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 big moves so i i kind of appreciated that um just real quick too to give a heads uh just a shout out back to that i we've talked about the wrestlemania uh, or the uh the match of the weekend on wrestlemania weekend if you have not watched it please go back and watch ftr versus the briscoes from the roh supercard that was one of the better tag team matches i've watched in a while and uh definitely the best match of the weekend by far um yeah so anyway i i'll, I'll stop talking you guys got to cut me off because i the the beer is talking at this point <laughs> i i mean i don't know anything i mean the Wardlow thing i'm kind of it, it i just want to see the match already uh, i'm tired of seeing right now i'm confused what i saw like signs uh, where it's like have you seen this man or some shit <laughs> like in the front rows is he missing he's like- he's uh suspended kayfabe is suspended and okay. every event that happens, whether Rampage or Dynamite, he comes back and destroys like security guards just to get close to MJF. And do they like line up at and get him like one at a time, like they always stupidly do, or does he just like wreck a bunch of them at once? He does the Goldberg thing where he like walks in the back and they like charge at him and he just like throws him into the wall, kind of thing. That's better. That's yeah. better. Yeah. But- so like I'm I, I'm like all right I get it you're angry Warlow because you well he, he he like ruined his title shot uh or ruined the, you know him getting the title so he's angry and I'm like all right let's just get to a fucking match already or at least maybe MJF should do something that will make him stop coming after him uh I would like get him out of the picture for a while where he's like I don't know I this is me sounding extreme. He thinks he kills him. I don't know. He does like some 
you know, dropping a uh, a bomb on a, a bus or whatever, what they did in the Attitude Era days, where like, oh my god, they killed the DX or whatever. Something. Yeah, but they set that up though. They set that up on the show. So afterwards, uh, so basically, what happened? Let me summarize: is um, because Wardlow interfered, uh, uh, MJF actually lost his match. He was counted out against Sean Dean. So now he has two losses to Sean Dean, which is kind of <laughs> hilarious. They're playing off that. So afterwards, in, uh, a little bit later in the show, MJF cuts a promo and he shows how pissed he is. And he actually hires, uh, and he talks about how he has the the contract for Wardlow, so he can force him to have matches. Um, which again, they've called back to that, so it's 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 a good thing that they're using a tie-in that's relevant. So they're making Wardlow face the Butcher. Now they haven't named if there's a stipulation, but it sounds like they're going to set up a trap, and that's what they're going to do. They're basically going to drop a bomb on him, and they're going to try to kill the Beast. So they're doing exactly what you said. So I'm again, it's I know we talked before uh, pre-show about. Uh, uh, about dynamite and everything but they they set it up now again i agree with you that they, they're drawing it out a little bit i really don't they're probably going to draw it out until yeah. the pay-per-view to be honest which I, I mean i understand they like to do their blow-offs and stuff but it, it, it'd be nice to see them move on the only way i think i'd like to see that is if maybe they set up a match sooner and there's a fluke thing or they like use it as a way for mjf to actually beat warblow and he gets nuclear heat and then that's how they move on but it, We'll, we'll I, I think see. it's going to be this because they've been teasing how, and I don't know if it's a shoot or not, is that like MJF is pissed at Tony Khan, right? Because they've been talking about that lately. Uh, and so what if they do a match where Wardlow is like, you know what? I want to make this fucking match personal and serious. Loser leaves town match. And Wardlow wins. And MJF is quote-unquote a free agent and he's like you actually see him in other promotions like fighting and talking shit about tony khan to the point where uh he like invades roh to get uh tony khan's attention and then so oh go ahead fish no that, that's what i was gonna say i don't know where i go from there but mm -hmm. one that would sort of get get rid of mjf for a while and kind of play into the shoot a little bit even though if it is personal and he actually is pissed off at Tony Khan, you would want to use that for business and make it a, mm -hmm. make it a thing. So I would do that path instead of just doing loser leaves town match and have Warlow lose because MJF has been doing that a long time. He did that with Cody, or was that with Cody or was it with Jericho where he, you know, uh, Cody loses, he can't do a shot anymore. Was that with MJF or Jericho? No, that was with Jericho. MGF inter interfered and cost him the match. So they were yeah. all involved, but you, you got it. So uh, as a PTS or paid Tony Shill, uh, to let everyone know, there's relief here. There's no beef between MJF and, and Tony Khan. So we're, we're good there. There's no real beef. They're all, they're all still good. still real to but... me, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> no, there was, a, there was a dispute about something, but they, they blew it over. They're, they're all friends. But um. I, I do like the whole loser leaves town match angle. I think that could be a good idea. The only thing I don't think that'll tie with that though, because of how the story currently set up is that Warblow is actually trying to get out of his contract. So I think that they come up with some, it, I think what they're going to do is basically build to a stipulation where contract finally on, pole match. <laughs> on a forklift. Yeah. yeah <laughs> I want contract on a forklift, but they're, they're basically going to build to something where Warblow is allowed to get out of his contract 
Now, I don't know if they're going to have another stipulation. Maybe they have the stipulation be Wardlow leaves, or um, maybe they just make the, the odds overwhelming or something. And then Tony Khan comes out and says, you're hired again, <laughs> and he yells it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's possible. The other thing they haven't tied in, FTR is kind of caught in the middle of this because the Pinnacle is still like this faction that's kind of there, and they've talked about this on the shows where FTR has basically told um mjf you know listen you're you're our, our buddy but so is wardlow we're not in the middle of this that this is between the two of you if you try to drag us in the middle of it you know don't, like, don't make us choose sides and meanwhile ftr is moving on to do their own thing for the tag titles but at the same time i could see something where they get pulled back in because they're huge uh faces right now and uh maybe that's how something happens i don't know but i i'd like to see a match happen honestly i'd like to see mjf win because I feel like he's in a spot where he really can't keep going on a spiral of losing these big matches at pay-per-views. Um, it'd be especially if he's going to be the one to eventually turn around and get that title. Um, so uh, maybe they come up with a different way, but you know, they, I don't want them to book themselves into a corner. So we mm-hmm. just have to see how it plays out. I trust the process, Tony. Well, let's see what happens. Zach, do you have anything to bring up for Dynamite? Did you want to bring up Suzuki? He still sucks. Yeah. <laughs> He's we we talked before the show about this. I I don't want us to be on here until until <laughs> three a.m. But I I think the problem is it's hard to appreciate the greatest hits of someone that you've never listened to. So I think for him it's uh it's the same thing. Like unless you have you have understanding or have watched things he's done in the past, it's really hard to like what he does now because again he is older. He's just not going to do it the same way. Um, that being said, I don't think they need to be main eventing Suzuki mm-hmm. um, in these matches. They, if they have him there, you know, put him in the middle uh, in, and don't let clo- shows close on it because you put yourself in an awkward spot where the crowd kind of dies out. Um, there was also the post main event uh, stuff that happened, which is another reason why they should have done it at a different part of the card. Um, uh, Sunkam Singh, I think is his name, uh, debuted finally, mm-hmm. and with the lights out that nobody really knew it was like oh there's this there's this big brown man in the in the ring we don't know who that is and that's that's literally how the crowd reacted sorry that that's how the crowd reacted. <laughs> they had no fucking clues like that's well, how i that? reacted i was like who the fuck's that guy and started... exactly i looked at it as like is that the great collie's son like that's that's how i reacted i was like that that's kind of a great collie debut it's like we don't we don't need that shit in in aew it's jinder like, mahal <laughs> Jinder Mahal. Jinder Mahal took took more growth hormone and got taller. But yeah, um, I will say that there's a lot of backstage report that his his training along the ropes and stuff it looks really good. So you know we'll wait and see. Um, I actually do appreciate that the big guy is using the whole like claw thing. Like that was kind of neat. But again, <laughs> the crowd was dead for this whole thing, and that just took the air out of it. Like you don't need to debut a guy like that. It would have been just as overwhelming, or, or actually, I think it would have been more imposing that they'd done this in a way where Jay Lethal had announced that they had a surprise, and they just let music play and let this guy just walk down menacingly, because Samoa Joe's not going to run away. He's going to just look there and stand, and the guy just makes his way into the ring and then just decimates Joe. Like, that's such a cooler way to, like, let this, like, stand on its own versus a lights out where people are expecting a surprise that they know and then they get some person they don't have any clue who it is. That's Tony. Or like, what, or like, what if the guy just came out of the crowd, which would be a, a, yeah. a really great 
because he's this humongous guy and he towers mm-hmm. over all these normal fans and shit. And he just walks over the fucking rail. They're like, what the, who's this? And then he just grabs Joe's head and starts squeezing him. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I will say that's Tony Khan's fault because every fucking week now, there's like, oh, it's going to be the new debut. Who's going to show up here at AEW? And then it's like, that's the, that's that it's the people's fault, though. It's not all of Tony's fault because Tony, he, Tony's telling the truth. Somebody is showing up. But the thing is, the people are going, well, who's available? Is it going to be Johnny Gargano? Is it going to be uh, someone that we know? And then it's like, no, we're actually, you know, going into our own talent and debuting this dude. Uh, and it, it just falls short. I would have done the in the crowd kind of thing. Or I would have done the... Because Jay Lethal was out there, right? Mm-hmm. I would have done, what is Jay Lethal doing here? And he sends the the big tall dude into the ring to beat up uh, Samoa Joe. AEW's going on. Yeah. That's who it is. So, like... Yeah, I mean... I, I mean, I, again, they, they had a way to, to do it without doing a lights out. Like, they're just overdoing the lights out thing. And yeah. lights outs are fine, but not whenever someone doesn't know who it is. Mm-hmm. Very yeah. similar to when Butcher and Blade debuted. There was a very deadpan, like, like reaction from the crowd that was very silent. And, the, and if you're watching it from home and listening, the announcers are selling it like death just entered the ring. Meanwhile, people are like, well, who are these fucks? Well, we don't know who they are. Like and that sucks because like Butcher and Blade like are, are I mean they're they're good talent they're fine on the on the roster but like people had no idea who they were like that doesn't work. I will say, Tony Schiavone does a good job trying to sell it a little bit, uh, Excalibur because he fucking knows every indie superstar or any any anybody in general. So he'd be like, oh my god, it. Well, well that was Jr. for a second. He'd be like, I can't do Excalibur. All right, he's just just a met. <laughs> It's Magushi Narushi. He fought the Takamuki Nudimado in the Mitsubishi Sumo Dome for 27 stars. He went 100% to that. JR's like, my God, it's a slab of mahogany. And then and then Excalibur is like, yeah, why well, isn't that that guy? He like was drafted pick number pick number 53 in the 2015 draft by the Dallas Mavericks. He's like going in all this depth. And I'm like, you're just reading this all right off the Wikipedia page, but I actually think you might know it by heart. So I, I appreciate it. I still like the, <laughs> I still like the part where the butcher and the blade show up and JR's like, who? Like he kind of goes like, who that? <laughs> like, Cause I, Excalibur knew who it was, but like JR obviously doesn't. He's like, okay. All right. He, he- he just said what everybody was thinking. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, uh, real quick, uh, uh, I'm, I, I gave Suzuki some pretty hard shit. I can clearly tell that guy knows how to do some stuff, mm. but I hate, I hate all the no selling and the forearms to the face for 10 minutes. Shit. I hate that. Yeah. Um, there's, it's weird because it's like, I get what they're doing. They're selling back to the whole, uh, there's like the stubborn pride. I, I can't remember the, the actual name that they in, in uh, Japanese, like strong style wrestling they have for it. Um, yeah. But it's that it's that it's like that respect of I am using my own stubborn pride to show you that I can withstand whatever you hit me with. And then I if I'm able to take what you give me, then I get to dish it back out to you. 
it's a classic thing in in uh, Eastern wrestling. It's great yeah. when it works, but it just doesn't work when you have an older guy that should not clearly not be able to take the punishment he gets from these other wrestlers. From, from Samoa and, and Joe of all that. people, that's that's the yeah. that's the most. Like this guy is like three of him. He should be yeah. able to withstand these blows. <laughs> exactly, and that's where it's like the respect. Like the respect is due. He's a legend. That's that's not doubted at all. But it's the whole thing about wrestling is. You know, if you can suspend my disbelief that this is like a scripted or, or or fake thing that I'm watching, quote unquote fake, like if it if you make me believe, oh, this is a real fight. Like if you if you can make someone believe that, you've sold your ticket. Like that that's the whole point of wrestling, and it's hard to to buy that. Japanese, so I get from a fundamental thing. That's the way it is. Jap- yeah. Japanese wrestling is weird, and Zach will tell you because he posted something in the chat where Ronald McDonald was doing sexual uh, uh, moves on people. Um, (laughs) The Japanese crowd is weird like that. And I will say this because I know Zach is going to say not true, but he's compared to as a Japanese Terry Funk. He's crazy. His personality has always been crazy. Uh, I made the, the comparison in the chat before, like last night. I was like, if he'd be less like what he's trying to do now and just actually try to be more like Terry Funk or something, mm-hmm. I think it would come off better. Instead of him like just no selling, what if he just he took the blows and shit, but it, it wouldn't put him down. He just kept he would keep getting up, and he could do his crazy faces or something like like, like he's he's like getting his ass kicked, but he still he still stays in the fight kind of thing. See, I think that tweak would just make it work better. The problem with John, I know we're talking a lot, and we need to get into the show soon uh, with the review. But, <laughs> but uh, the the Moxley and Suzuki match was garbage, and and that I was yeah, that was way worse. Like this, actually, this was like okay to me, but I would, I was just like, God damn it, I hate it when he does that shit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm not gonna defend the Moxley Suzuki match because it was bad, but there's a reason why it was bad. Earlier in the show, someone cut like the the timing of the card and it just fucked the whole thing up mm-hmm. but i agree it was still not great um i felt like because of their their styles they didn't mesh very well together and that made it kind of hard and again it's just not believable moxley beats people ass. like it is hard to believe such a fierce brawler is is only being able to stand up to what uh Minoru Suzuki is is doing again. It's just it's just because he's older. Again, that that just it is yeah. what it is. Yeah, it's yeah. kind of like okay, I can take it for what it is, but I just that's why to me at least I don't think that should be main eventing anymore because it's again we're doing the greatest hits thing and most people are like who is that? Like I I know that sounds bad, but that's just your wrestling demographic. It is especially younger folks that are aren't familiar with Eastern or, or Japanese wrestling. All they grew up with was twenty years of of the the wwe factory japanese wrestling is like in a weird position i I feel like where it's like it's easier to get a hold of now but it's not i don't think it carries as much weight or is is even as popular as it was before it's anime wrestling uh when when you look at all the characters that are in new japan and stuff it's very cartoon like uh, it takes like, it, it takes that Vince McMahon Saturday Night cartoon vibe, but t- turns it up to eleven with anime shit, <laughs> and you're just like, okay, I understand what's going on. Like the 
like in the 80s and 90s when like you were able to like get a hold of some Japanese wrestling or like you knew some really hardcore wrestling fans that that were familiar with that stuff mm-hmm. there would be like this it would be like you found like this weird uh like new frontier undiscovered thing and it was like incredible or something and it's just uh, but beyond that it was like it was different too the stuff they were doing back then is different there's still some of that strong style shit especially depending on like what promotion you're talking about but they, mm-hmm. they just did it all differently back then mm-hmm. strong um, style is a dying breed that's, that's that's part of the problem like the old like actual og when you're looking at ajpw like mm-hmm. strong style itself is a is a it is a lost art and a few people can pull it off but there are so many other things that invariances that are being thrown into it. And that's the problem is it, it kind of ties into AEW's problem. Anyway, when something really clicks and works, it's great. It's a, it's a classic, right? Sometimes it, depending on how, what your perspective is, it's a masterpiece. Whereas when it doesn't work, it is like, man, it looks bad. It's, it is carny trash. And that is, that's the problem with uh, in, in a lot of ways with Japanese wrestling as, as well. When it doesn't click, it really doesn't click. But when someone knows how to pull it off, man, it's good. Final AEW note for me. Let baby faces cut promos. Please. I saw I saw two segments that night, and this happens multiple multiple times when I watch Dynamite. There's a baby face will get ready to cut a promo, and then like they'll start to talk, like they'll say a few words. Or it's like they're getting ready to talk and then a heel interrupts them and they don't get to say shit. Why do they keep doing that? <laughs> like, yeah. I, other, actually, other other shows that review the Dynamite and other stuff are, are catching on to that and they're actually keeping a track now of the interruptions that happen um, because it is a common trope now and it's getting really stale. It's like, yeah. it, it's okay, like, once in a while to have somebody just interrupt and, and be like, well, fuck, I really wanted to hear them talk, asshole. But, like, every single time a, a baby face will try to say something, if it's in the ring, a music will play, or, or somebody will come out and they'll have a live mic and they'll just overrun them. Or if they're backstage, somebody just appears from off-frame, bitch, who are you? Or, or something. Or, like, somebody's about to, like, talk to Hook and then, like, Hook's getting ready to say something, and then again, off frame, some asshole just shows up, and he can't say anything. <laughs> Hook is debuting next week at Dynamite, by the way. So yeah, Hook, send Hook. He is. <laughs> yeah. Send Hook. But this other, should be a shirt. Other than that, anybody else have anything to to talk about before we uh, get into the show? No. Okay. Page Page versus Cole Texas Death Match live tomorrow. Nobody cares. Oh, some people do. I some care. people, some people will care. I don't care. That's happening I, on I Friday. Care. Oh, on are oh, they doing it on Rampage? Yeah, yeah. tomorrow night. Oh, they tomorrow night also live. seven. It's like it's at an earlier time. They too. need views. Uh, and Battle for the Belts two is actually this Saturday. Which, what's I? I will keep it very brief since we need to go on. Um, Tony, buddy, I know you pay me. The fuck are you doing, man? Like. We we can't just like wait and ramshod and and just and suddenly just on the Wednesday before say, Hey, we got this uh this special show, we're gonna put all these belts on the line. Like we got we gotta promote a little better than that. Um, yeah, so yeah Saturday, 
special thing, Battle of the Belts 2, and there are going to be some belts on the line. Um, Dalton Castle is facing uh, Jonathan Gresham for the ROH title. Yeah. Um, uh, Nyla Rose is challenging Thunder Rosa for the AEW women's title. Um, I'm sure there's another one I'm missing. I don't remember what it is. Sammy um, against Scorpio Sky, I think. Is that happening on, on Battle for the Belts? Okay. Yeah, I, um, I think it is, yeah. For the TNT title. Okay, yeah, that would make sense. Um, that might be it. But the so far they are they are 0 and 2 for how to promote for these uh these battle for the belt uh specials. Uh so they really need to work on how to how to build something there. And you know what's gonna really happen? Throwing it together. They're gonna like do the views and shit, and then like you're gonna have people be like, Oh look, WWE does better than AEW with the views. I'm like, Yeah, because they just told us Saturday while people make plans in advance for the weekend. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, people are not going to change their plans to go watch Battle for the Belts. Some people will. They have autism. <laughs> I'm not judging them for that. I'm just stating a fact. Yeah, but anyway, let's get into some WWF Raw June 28th, 1993. Uh, we have Vince McMahon, Bobby the Brain Heenan, and Macho Man Randy Savage. Yeah. And we're not in Manhattan this time. We're actually in upstate. Uh, I don't know how to say it because it's like a Native American. Pitsakipsi? Pitsakipsi? Pitsakipsi. Pitsakipsi. New York. It's upstate. Um, and it's in the Mid-Hudson Civic Center. Uh, so it's like bigger, more people in there instead of like the Manhattan Center where everybody's like, you know, crunched together. Uh, first match of the night, Shawn Michaels versus Kamala. No, not the vice president. Um, <laughs> I wish uh, she would get super kicked. <laughs> <laughs> I, want, I want someone to, now that from now on, anytime they bring her in, I want them to be the Ugandan disaster. <laughs> Kamala. And then she tries to say something to get super kicked in the back of the head. Yes! Shawn <laughs> Michael has uh, Diesel with him, his insurance policy. That's right, brother. And it paid off today. Yes. Big Daddy Cool. <laughs> um, I noticed in this match, like, they've done this before a little bit. But we're, like, they've just recently sort of turned a baby face, I guess, like, within this year. Mm-hmm. Um. Kamala has a unique like connection with fans in this gimmick where it's like the crowd is like it they help him to figure out the rules of wrestling or or, or what to do and that's like really amusing. Mm. <laughs> it is really funny. No, not that. You have to do that. like they actually are telling him. What's even better is like you'd think he'd know by now because he's being told the rules, but he it's like every time he goes out he forgets. It's like 50 first dates. Yeah. That's pretty great. <laughs> Uh, to me, there's not much to say about this one. It's it's Kamala's having his match, which is fine because we've talked about Kamala before on the show. Sean carried it. it. Yeah, Sean Sean did his stuff, and Kamala did his Kamala stuff too. Yeah, uh, and it's like like I said, like Kamala's a great gimmick in that the whole thing with like Sugar Bear Harris was before is he wasn't really that good of a worker, and then Jerry Lawler came up with Kamala, and. It, then all of a sudden it worked perfectly because all it was like a guy who didn't know how to work was being a guy who didn't know how to work. <laughs> he's just it's being like, brilliant. 
it's it, it, it works yeah it's that weird backwards ass logic but uh uh yeah there's a spot where sean started working his leg a little bit and then eventually kamala came back and did some some stuff and he tried he did the the pin spot that's always funny where he's tried to pin him but he he's got him on his stomach and lifts his leg up and he's, mm-hmm. and he's like no and, and even dave hebner's like no you can't pin him you have to turn him over and then he's like oh and he like turns him over and just does the same thing again and he's like no no you have to roll him over and then kamala gets on the ground and rolls over <laughs> <laughs> It's great. It's like Kamala could have been world champion, but he's so fucking stupid because he just has no idea how to wrestle. <laughs> it's it sounds really stupid, but it's actually funny. My favorite, my favorite part of uh, this match, and it's going to sound fucking distasteful, is the commentary because between Heenan and Macho Man, and what Macho Man says later on. But the first thing says uh, Heenan says he has five hundred and fifty reasons that nobody. Is going to slam Yokozuna this weekend. But Savage, Savage says, I have three reasons. Red, white, and blue. Yeah. And, and then he... Like Kamala slaps his belly. He's full of soul. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that was the second thing. And I was like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> They're just having fun. Yeah. I, you can tell. <laughs> uh... I like that Shawn Michaels like sold that he was kind of afraid of Kamala because he's a Uganda beast, I guess, whatever. And he's, he's like a really big guy. <laughs> yeah, and he's trying to like shake his hand and like he you know, hits him and shit. Uh <laughs> when he's like working the leg, like Kamala was like yelling like a wounded out animal. It was like crazy. <laughs> like what yeah. he what he was doing. It was just a fun match. Uh the ending, uh you know, obviously, when Shawn Michaels wins, is uh, Diesel coming in because that was the first time he like hit an actual wrestler or whatever in the ring. Well, he, he got up on the apron when Kamala was trying to figure out how to pin him and he couldn't. Mm-hmm. And then he saw him and he's like, "Hey, no!" And then like Shawn Michaels super kicked him in the back of the head and pinned him real fast. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then. Like, Kamala got up, like, because it's like he just kind of stunned him long enough to pin him. And he's like, hey, you hit me. And then he started beating his ass. And that's when <laughs> Diesel came in and started, put, like, beating up Kamala, which was like, whoa. You know? Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I have nothing else to say about this match. Do you guys have any? Hey, Chaz, do you have anything to say about this match? Oh, we covered it. It's what it is. It stands. I mean, we we give ratings for it. I'm I'm fine with that. I don't know how highly you guys rated it or not, but I, I I thought it was fine for what it is. I have a a subjective like bias to Kamala because as a kid I was terrified of him <laughs> as a kid, but I was also terrified of Lou Ferrigno's The Incredible Hulk as a kid as well. <laughs> so I just saw either of them and it was like ah. So uh yeah I don't know I I gave it uh five and a half chances. Like it was a serviceable match. Kamala made me laugh. So I gave it a little extra. I was entertained. Mm-hmm. I gave it the same score, five point five out of ten. And we're going three in a row, five point five. Woo! Get yeah. that <laughs> mind build. <laughs> it, it it didn't insult me like the other Raws that we watched in the beginning, Zach, where we we're just like, "What the? F- this is why? Why is this match happening? Like this match." You're kind of like, why is this ha- match happening? But you're like, oh, it was, it was pretty fun and entertaining. Yeah. So, it worked out. 
And plus, Shawn, we're getting more Shawn Michaels on Raw. Can't go wrong with that. Yeah, he's he's been featured a lot more lately after I complained about where the fuck are the stars at? Like, May and April was, like, kind of rough after WrestleMania. It was just like, where is everybody that pulls the card around here? Seriously. It's like it's like Vince is finally getting the secret ingredient for Raw, but it's not quite there yet, and it still takes a while because 94 is kind of rough. Um, but it, the the ingredients are there, and that's a good thing because I I'm highly entertaining entertained on what they're doing. Um, next they have like a ad about the Intrepid thing that's coming up, uh, which leads in. Which leads into this promo with Mr. Fuji, uh, Yokozuna, and Vince McMahon just fucking yelling at Mr. Fuji. <laughs> like, Mr. Fuji's like, he's trying to interview him, and like, Mr. Fuji's trying to talk about, like, uh, fuck America, or it's, it's funny that Yokozuna crushes people. Like, that's basically what you have to try to get out of it because you can't, you can hardly understand him at this point. And I I appreciate that Yokozuna just straight up just says America sucks. All the <laughs> things in America suck. <laughs> yeah, yeah, American <laughs> products are bad. <laughs> so I I want to bring that up because I think that might have been a blunder on Yokozuna's part because like he he has to say a few words right because he's this Japanese machine and I think he's like. He's talking like a Samoan, like normal. He's like, America products, no good. And he's like, Banzai! And I'm like, he's like getting back into character. I love that. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah the Vince starts, he starts firing up on Mr. Fuji. Though, Dude, he went crazy. He... I love that, though. <laughs> Vince he... goes hard for America. Because remember like when he interviewed Razor Ramon, he was kind of like, aggressive and we were just like why is he so aggressive like in, in his interview he's like i like that it's like vince purposefully antagonizes the heels when mm-hmm. he interviews it's like you've never really seen another interviewer like do that <laughs> like he'll just up say you lost the other week and uh i don't know you just look stupid do you have anything to say about that <laughs> <laughs> are you not afraid to get your ass kicked that little did everybody know he was gigantic under that suit Um, so they're so athletes are coming to see if they could lift Yokozuna yeah I guess some football players and some fucking basketball players whatever and uh Tataka and and uh but I like how it's like Lex Luger is like not even being like considered for it at all. They don't even talk about Lex Luger. He's just gonna come in, be like, "It's Lex Luger," and then he'll like he'll scoop slam him, and it'll be you know the, the moment. No, everybody knows. I go pro is the way to go, bro. So you know, I go pro things, which lets you know that was a soft baby face term because only baby faces are in the I go pro ads. Mm-hmm. Uh, how about that? <laughs> the Lex Express is coming. The Lex Express is gonna fire up soon. Yeah, uh, yeah. I was uh, the the Vince thing had me going a little bit because I was like, "Oh my god, he's really." Then he's like ha- having a crowd chant USA and shit because you know that's the thing to do in WWF in the nineties is America versus the world, pretty much. Vince still does that. Yeah, except he goes to Saudi Arabia and then just you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
let's see, what was after that? Oh, it was a, it was a tag match. Smoking guns. Smoking guns versus Barry Horowitz and Iron Mike Sharp, Canada's greatest athlete. <laughs> I love Iron Mike Sharp. I don't know if I don't think Chad's ever been here when we talked about Iron Mike Sharp. He's he's one of my favorite jobbers. Um, uh, yeah, he, I definitely got a. It's like he he is the Canadian Brooklyn brawler for me. He totally is, but it's just like I love everything he does. I like when he he shit talks in the ring. He's like such a loud mouth that you can actually hear him. And, mm-hmm. and then when he runs, he's like, oh, he, he, tries, he runs. He makes like this cartoonish fucking yell when he runs and he'll, he'll get like arm dragged. He'll be like, oh, 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 oh. But this, like, this is all a goddamn farce somehow. It's like amazing. But this match wasn't a total squash though, which I was surprised about. Um, Cause it was like going back and forth. Like Billy Gunn was kind of in the ring for a while before Bart, uh, his name is Bart Gunn, right? No, it was Bart. Mm-hmm. Bart. It was Bart. Yeah. Yeah. They. Yeah. They. They are the guns. They just go by Billy and Bart. They don't really call him. It's. I think it's later on they actually separate and call him Bart Gunn. Otherwise, they just call him Bart. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Um. Poor. Poor like Bart Gunn. I like the thing in the beginning where they scared them out of the ring with their cap guns. That shit was funny. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was gonna make a joke because I was like, oh, it's, yeah, if this was Manhattan, that would totally make sense a little bit, like oh, gunshots, run away. Uh, but no, it was like upstate, Not New- yeah, upstate New York. That's normal. Uh, <laughs> uh, I it was entertaining. It was a down the road kind of match. Uh, the only thing I like I was surprised about is that Harwitz got a, a little offense in, uh, and Good. that sidewinder finisher. By the way, I fucking love that finisher. Mm-hmm. That's almost uh, that's almost that up to thing where you jumped off the the turnbuckle and yeah yeah I always love good tag team finishers like that like um what was, what was the one with the Holly, not the atomic uh, blondes or whatever but they did another move where like fucking Brian Pillman just like curb stomps someone they would do like a a catapult and then like. Uh, Brian Pillman would do something where he would just stomp him or whatever for the finish. It was like it was like an Alabama slam uh, with a not quite a spine buster, but just a straight like flat like just slap. But yeah. also he would like then fall on top of them. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Um, I like their first finisher, which I guess they probably told him like, eh, maybe don't do that one because it, there could, there's a lot of margin for error." Which was like. One of them would do a backdrop, and the guy would fly over him, and then Billy or Bart would be behind the other one, ready to catch that guy, and he'd fucking powerbomb him, and it looked fucking awesome. Mm-hmm. But like I said, there's a lot of margin of error there. You got to be able to catch that guy and powerbomb him. Yeah, it's like an older, older version, or like a, a primitive version of like the Jurassic Express finisher now, which is yeah. like the flip, yeah, powerbomb, which I love that finisher too. So that's yeah, that's pretty cool. Uh. Barry Horowitz has a great Northern Light suplex. Yes. It's one of the best ones I've seen in a long time. He did the he did the bridge perfectly. <laughs> Shit, you gotta do. I don't have a lot of suplex. Yeah, I don't have a lot of notes on this. Uh, I'm still impressed by the smoking guns. By the way, I mean I know what Billy Gunn wrestle wrestles like. Oh, I have this one note. There's a part where he throws, I forgot who it was, but he throws someone out of the ring. 
and he kind of like spreads his legs legs a little bit and i'm like oh in my mind because i remember him in the dx i'm like oh he's about to do the suck it but he does the 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 guns thing and like puts it back into his holster uh with <laughs> and i was like that was kind almost. of yeah almost almost, almost. <laughs> but uh my final thing is it was a great even match i give it a 5.1 out of 10 how many chances does he get chaz um i i would i just gave it an even 5 i was i was like just right on it's serviceable it's fine I didn't think it was bad at all, but it is what it is. It was it was a glorified squash match. I mean, it, w- it went only four minutes. Uh, I gave it a five point six because I liked some of the wrestling. Uh, Barry Horowitz kind of impressed me a little bit. He did he did some heel antics. He was kind of funny actually. He did a couple things that were like funny. Mm-hmm. Uh, Iron, there's the Iron Mike Sharp curve when he's in a match for me. <laughs> if he's able to get offense and do some shit in there, it's gonna it's just gonna artificially increase. So <laughs> that's fair. Uh but yeah. Um so they they reran the whole one, two, three kids stealing the money from Razor Ramon, uh, which leads into uh another Vince McMahon interview with Money Inc. Uh and you know, Vince McMahon egging them on again, saying, well, where's the belt? You don't have them anymore. Ha, 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 Cause, See? Yeah. Because <laughs> the, 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 the Steiner has it now. And then they start, like, picking on fucking Razor Ramon. And I think, Zach, you brought this up that, you know, Razor's going to turn face soon uh, and face Money Inc. probably with one, two, three kid, I'm guessing, right? Yeah, that's that's what's going to happen. Like, th- this was the start. And it was like, as soon as they started talking shit about him, which is like, honestly, for a few months now, low-key, Razor has had, like, some support from the fans anyway. Mm. It's like, he'll be beating up a jobber and people will be cheering for him. <laughs> Even though he's being, like, a, a heel asshole about it. There's <laughs> um, all the machismo. There's all that machismo, man. Call them a jabron. Chico. Listen. They, uh, I think what's going to happen here is this was the soft turn because it, it was like ah, they were cheering him when they were talking shit. They were wanting Razor to come out and beat their ass. Uh, but like I think one, two, three kids. They said next week one, two, three kids in action. Uh, I don't know if it's against somebody for Money Inc or not, but I think he's going to have a match with somebody from money Inc. And then their other guys going to come in. And they're going to double team him because fuck him. And then razor will come out and save him. Mm-hmm. And this sets up the, the tag team. Cause I guess he respects him, man, because he like fucking ripped him off. And that took some, that took some cojones, you know, he became a yeah. bad kid. It's <laughs> a game respect game, right? Like you respect the hustle. Yeah, that's what he did. The kid hustled Razor, and he fucking he, he hoodwinked him. Yep. Uh, Rotunda was so no charisma. He said, taxes, cheating on taxes. We make money tax-free, of course. And it was so I mean, lit- he, delivered. I, I thought he was your favorite wrestler, though. I mean, you, you patterned your life after him. No, I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> He's more of a repo man. Yeah. Repo man. <laughs> <laughs> oh god oh man uh it was an okay uh 
promo, it kind of seemed out of left field for me a little bit, where I'm just like, why are they picking on fucking Razor? <laughs> what is that all about? Like, I get it, because, like, it's money involved, because he, like, I will agree, he was stupid to leave, like, money by the turnbuckle. He's going to sit out there with yeah. $10,000 written on it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think it was a quick jump to what happened the week previously. And they just quickly skip past that, and they're just setting it up immediately for the the turn. Mm. Yeah, but overall it was fine. Um, yeah, we have a squash match here. Unless there was other things before that, no, no. Um, Adam Bomb versus PJ Walker and uh, Johnny Polo is out there with Adam Bomb too. Yeah, <laughs> which by the way, I love that the commentary team wasn't synced up really well because every time they would talk like uh johnny would speak and and they, like vince had to like stop talking or whoever was talking had to stop because they like cut to johnny like saying some yeah. stupid shit um adam bomb looked good for a big man in in this match uh they're making him look strong with these jobbers so that's all i gotta I say, say adam bomb has a fucking look dude and it's like in a way you look at him, he looks like your the stereotypical idea of a wrestler. Mm-hmm. That's what that's what Adam Bomb is. He looks like a creator wrestler, he, but a good one. Oh it's yeah, a- I, don't, I don't mean in a bad way. He, he looks like, he looks like what you'd expect the creator wrestler to like turn out to be. Like that's how you'd build it. This is me uh, if I were a wrestler, and it's like actually like you're cool and shit. <laughs> <laughs> Instead of like being like just a lame version of you with like uh, like you look like a backyard wrestler. Oh, you mean where like your hit your like your arm like your body uh, uh, measurements and stuff just don't make any sense at all, and then you just have a tiny head with like you know like the haircut where your your hair is frosted at the top and it's up in the front. And you're wearing like gym <laughs> shorts or something. <laughs> yeah, this is like you're the idea. This is me if I were gonna be a fucking wrestler, man, and it's cool. When did uh, the Fallout games come out? The the over they didn't. The... Come out yet. They didn't? Okay. No, uh, ninety five, I think, is when the first one comes out. Uh, yeah. uh, there's not much to say about you know. Ad Bob did some cool shit. Uh, I have a question though. Mm-hmm. What is Johnny Polo? What is he? What is he? Companion. <laughs> like you look at him and he's like, "What the fuck?" He's like wearing like a, a a sports coat and he's got like an admiral hat and he's got like these weird fucking glasses and like a. a it has that like, Mad Max feel to it a little bit, where you like, also see like a floral, like a little flamingo shirt underneath his his sports jacket, and he's like, "Ha ha ha ha!" He's like laughing at him and shit. Like what? It, what the fuck is Johnny Polo supposed to be as a manager? Like I don't understand. Honestly, it, it's I'm glad you brought it up because his whole intro to me, like the wrestling itself was good, and he has a good look as far as his physique and everything. But like that intro and like what ties in, it's like an acid trip for me. It's it's so weird, and I don't know. I it doesn't work for me, but it also like it's me looking at it now. 25 you know plus a year or almost 30 years back like i i don't know i that it doesn't work as much for me but i get like he looks good like he he he's very imposing in the ring but the whole like the goggles and the contacts and the 
the the red dye in his mouth so it's like oh he's leaking blood but he's also radioactive and that weird like creepy music like it it's i don't know and what's even cooler is like i think they realize soon ish maybe next year this thing with johnny polo being his manager is not working and adam bomb kind of just sort of gets over organically eventually it's a slow burn i think Mm -hmm. Uh, and they turn a baby face and they lose the the uh the blood and the, the crazy contacts then he gets fucking ripping like rock music now mm-hmm. instead of the, the creepy music and it's cool it's like yeah this guy kicks ass at a bomb mm-hmm. i know we're getting there but it's right now it's not there and yeah. it's also weird seeing johnny polo where he is given what you know what we know like he needs like a different if he's gonna if he was gonna have a manager, I wouldn't have done Johnny Polo or I would have packaged Johnny Polo differently. It's also weird because he was on WCW TV earlier this year as Johnny Flamingo. And he was rest weird. <laughs> yeah, it's like if Adam Cole stayed in, in WWE, he could have been the modern day Johnny Polo. Whoa. They could have repackaged Keith Lee and they could have ah. called him Black Adam. There it what? is. <laughs> Adam Damn. Your your DC crossover. <laughs> oh my god. Uh you're welcome. Uh squash match, I'm not rating it by the way, right? He crushed that guy. It was no. not close. All right. Yeah, didn't rate it. So WWF is still running with the putting lame shit in the main event. Um and it's Crush versus Bastion Booger. Um, who was formerly Friar Ferguson, remember? Yeah. Very recently, yes. Formerly Bastion Booger. Before oh God, this poor man. This is definitely the guy that, like, it's the equivalent of, I'll pay you $10 to eat this piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> I wrote this down because, one, I, I, the thing with Crush, I think you can make Crush cooler, but then again, this is the 90s and, in California and surfing was the thing in the nineties. So uh-huh. I, I, I get that, bro. Uh, but the thing I wrote down is how many times they could fucking say who can slam Yokozuna. I wrote seven times during that match. Uh, it was talked about, uh, how many times they said that Bash and Booger smelled five times, five times. Sorry. I got into five bo- times. Booker. Five, <laughs> times. five times. <laughs> Gotta do it. Uh, that's like now how, how many times do they have to say seth freaking rollins seth freaking rollins is in a match that's featuring seth freaking rollins guys did you know seth freaking rollins is the visionary did you know that mm-hmm. i don't he's know no bill Goldberg. he's the architect <laughs> he's the architect of visions he's freaking the the freaking visionary architect yeah. <laughs> rollins which is, which is actually uh a, a bit uh contradictory given that he also burns it down yeah, he burnt. What the? Huh? What is Seth Rollins? What is Seth freaking Rollins? There it is. That's that's the next uh, editorial. <laughs> Burn it down. <laughs> Sorry. What do you What do you guys think of What did you guys think of this match? Uh, <laughs> it was okay. Um, <laughs> the whole whole thing is, I knew what they were trying to get. Like, all oh, crushes this big man. And he slammed Booger, but can he slam Yokozuna? Is is it like because they're fucking selling that throughout the whole fucking episode on who can slam Yoko, and Crush like takes off this b- 
big fat motherfucker and slams him. And <laughs> and he's like, oh my god, maybe he could slam Yokozuna. And um, you know, they talked about how he smelled like like in the middle of that. Vince McMahon was like, oh, I smelled too. I'm like, in Macho, I don't know what Macho Man said. It doesn't help that Bastion Booger's gear basically looks like dirty gimp gear. He looks like he's... It's so <laughs> fucking gross. He's such an eyesore. It's and like, like it's, I think if I remember the gimmick correctly, too, didn't he actually win matches by, like, overwhelming people with his smell? Like, he just, yes. he, like, got on them or sat on them, and, like, that's how he won, because they couldn't kick out, that was, like, the gimmick. I uh, <laughs> mean, watching him, it, it makes my balls itch. <laughs> 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 oh man i don't even know watch him. I that's a great that's a great criticism this should be on the back of a dvd box or some shit <laughs> watching this guy makes my balls itch <laughs> i i forgot i wrote this down because i was high on edibles when i was watching this <laughs> so uh <laughs> so i wrote um oh fuck <laughs> I guess the most unfortunate thing, and I wrote a paragraph, like, actually structured really well. I should get more high more often while do, doing these notes. I said, I guess the most unfortunate thing about Mike Shaw is that he was pretty good wrestler, every bit as good as someone like Bam Bam Bigelow, really. But instead of being cool looking with a tattoo on his head, he was just super ugly and a fat motherfucker. <laughs> and that's what I wrote about Mike Shaw. He looks like the penguin. Mm-hmm. But Batman returns if you took off all the prosthetic makeup and you shaved him and like you stripped him down. That he's he has the same body shape and it's so weird. He really does. I okay, I just watched Batman Returns, so this awesome. is very relevant. And I was watching him and I definitely got that same unsettled look. Like not when penguins dress up, but like when penguins like in that like like weird like fat sack like you know, the dumpy outfit near the end of the movie and he's like bleeding out and stuff. That is Bastion Booger. That's exactly what he is. You're right. Like, but I don't feel sorry for him. He just looks gross. Mm. It's like, Jesus, like I'll pay anybody in that arena to give him a bath. God damn. He's got the same build. It's weird. Um, as soon as this Bastion Booger came out and like, it was like, they, cause they just, and then Crush came out. I was like, Ooh, I don't know about this. Mm-hmm. Cause Crush is, okay he needs to be carried i think he needs to be led and bastion booger is i know dubs just said like he's just as good as bam bam i don't think so but like he's all he's less mobile and agile than him Mm -hmm. this isn't a good match for crush to have you crush needs to go up against a guy he can fucking toss around or some shit, like some small little asshole prick heel, like the match he just had with Shawn Michaels, which was actually pretty decent. Um, I like how Heenan made a joke about how Hillary Clinton's half brother is Booger and they look alike. Damn, oh, talk about two like, uh, there's two political jokes in this, this one. Um, when Booger was doing shit, like he was selling or like he did it more on offense. He was making like these weird noises. He was like, uh-huh, yeah, yeah. and he'd like put him in the fucking bear hug and he'd be like, uh-huh. I'm like, what is this? It's like every action he takes is just labor for this man. It's just 
<laughs> but uh, I thought it was slow and it was boring, and I knew it was going to be like that. And then Crush body slammed Booger three times and pins him. That that was the finish. At least it wasn't long. Would you give it? Chaz, do you have any other thoughts about this match? No. Hit hit us with that score. Four point three out of ten. I'll go next. Uh, I'm going to give it a four point seven out of ten. Well, I'm I'm bringing up the the reins right in the middle. Four and a half chazes. Whoa. <laughs> I don't like fat guy wrestlers unless they're Bam Bam or Yokozuna. Or, or I, don't, I don't. I don't like it when the the gimmick is literally what they're they're relying on and they're not they're not moving well in the ring. Like no. again, it's like the big guy that actually moves like he's not big. I wonder if I, I I know he wrestled in the '80s too in WWF as Bastion Booger. I'm wondering if maybe he's wore down at this point because I think he had like a run with Hogan back then, right? I believe mm-hmm. so. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, he, I, he went under several. Yeah, he went under like several different types of um like he's had gimmick changes and several different like names and all for egos he went after. He was one man gang, wasn't he? Mm-hmm. Fuck, see, I knew it. it. Okay, now I remember how one man gang used to wrestle. So yeah, he's wore down. He's fucked up now, I think. So you know what? I'll rescind my statement from what Dub said now that I remember one man gang. <laughs> I think he's in the same circle as Bam Bam. I think Bam Bam is is uh That's like a not, maybe a notch above. Like that's a, yeah, exactly. Bam Bam man like could move for a big guy. It's a once in a lifetime a beast uh, from the east. But then Vader was around the same time, so there was two of them. Dude, <laughs> I really want to. I I gotta go through the archive of where Bam Bam and Vader wrestled because I want to see that. I want to see that shit. <laughs> yeah. So, um, it. By the way, um, Raw ends weird to me. But, like, I understand why they did it, because they're setting up for the intrepid thing. Um, They brought up George Martin again from the New York Giants, and Macho Man was in the middle of uh, Giants Stadium, which, by the way, is in New Jersey. I thought Um, his name was Joe Morrison. Oh, yeah, Joe Morris. I don't know. (laughs) I was like, you brought some guy named Joe Morrison. I was like, okay. (laughs) Insert athlete. Yeah. And he's, like, so excited about slamming Yoko. And I was like, okay, cool. And, like, Macho Man, I, what I love about Macho Man is you could put him literally in anything, and he could sell you sell you it. And that's what I like about Macho Man. What I love is the commercial where he rips the chips bag up. Yeah. He's like, I wasn't expecting it. It came on right after this promo, and I was, like, writing some notes. And out of the corner of my eye, I can see that the, the commercial coming. He goes, <laughs> I lost my shit. I just started laughing because it happened out of nowhere. Beef. I love that commercial. Macho Man's been selling processed meat to children in America for for decades. <laughs> and he like, still is. They still feature him in the, the Slim Jim fucking shit. Like, you go to Sheets or whatever, you'll see, like, the Macho Man standing with the shit coming out of his head. He's eternalized. He 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 will always be the Slim Jim man. Mm-hmm. So, oh yeah. What did I mean? Uh, they did. Uh, what you call it? Say that one, two, three, kid. Uh, will be on next week. Uh, 
along with Bam Bam and Mr. Perfect. Yes. Mm-hmm. So it already sounds like a better show. Mm-hmm. And then they talk about the aftermath of the Intrepid. Like, we'll cover this. Yeah, that's that's what we're leading up to. So my final thoughts on this Raw is that it was down the middle. Um, I know, Zach, you, your highest rating was the tag team. My highest rating was the Kamala match, and I guess that's the highlight of the show. There was a 0.1% difference for me between the two of them, so they're, like, right there as far as I'm concerned. So I, I get... The, the commentary saved this show um, because there was a lot of good lines in it. Uh, the promos were fine. Um, Dude, could you imagine if Rob Bartlett was still there and, and we, we watched this show? Oh, we'd be fucking killing him. We'd be fucking pissed. Yes. <laughs> God, that was a dark time. Yes. I. You know what? I give the whole show a 5.2 out of 10. Down the middle and, you know, some things brought it up. But five, 5.2 out of 10 for me. Um, I thought it was kind of a dull episode a little bit. Even with the, some matches where it was like, oh, that was entertaining, but inoffensive kind of thing. Uh, especially with how the show ended. And I think this ended Raw's hot streak that it was on. Where <laughs> we were we were really liking some of the episodes up to this point. They started a streak from like May up to up to now that just ended. But I think the show the next week's show will uh probably pick back up, I feel like. Yes. Uh also uh Jim Cornette cannot come soon enough to save Yokozuna's interview segments. He, he needs him now. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's going to happen very, very soon. <laughs> uh, but I digress. I gave this uh, a 4.9 out of 10. Okay. Chaz, you're up. Right in the right in the smack in the middle. Just This was fine. It felt like a filler episode. Needs more tennis rackets. 5 out of 10 Chazes. Yeah. All right. Well, remember, uh, I know we still have one more segment left in our show, but I kind of just want to tell people what, the next showing is going to be. Are we going to do two Raws in once? No. Yeah, because because there's no WCW Saturday night. I even double-checked on the internet to try to find some. Mm-hmm. I Peacock, and I, I, I guess they just didn't do tapings. They just didn't have any. Maybe. Hmm. Huh. Nobody's got them. But July 5th and July 12th of 1993, watch those two Raw episodes, and then we'll come back. So... It's good we get more raw, so maybe we might get two good raws in a row. So, and plus, and after that, the following episode after that, we have the uh, beach blast. So, right. Oh man, I'm so excited. But, <laughs> but it, it is time. It's time for the monthly uh, award show that we do, or rankings and stuff. So, Zach, I'm gonna let you take it away since you did the outline for this. Yep, so each month we try to do awards. Sometimes if our schedule gets too wonky and too much time passes, we just don't. We skipped a couple months doing it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we've been pretty consistent this time doing June. Chaz was not here for some of June, but he's still going to try to participate, I guess. Uh, but we got like a couple categories and a little gimmick thing that's fun. And like a top 12 of, of just, you know, your, your talent. And that could be anybody. It could be like you, the, the commentary guy or a manager or a wrestler. Just you rank who your 12 best guys are that, that gave the 
most positive impressions to you mm-hmm. um or something uh, but like for the categories it was like best overall performer with honorable mention you can have an honorable mention for any of these if you just want to give a shout out you don't have to mm-hmm. uh best promo best angle which that's a segment or whatever uh best tag team uh match best match best commentary and then there's worst worst performer worst promo worst tag team worst angle worst match okay and then you got your stable we all have a stable of four guys sometimes we cheat and put a tag team in there or whatever uh just who's in your stable just based off of what you enjoyed or something so we'll start with uh who who's your all's best performer this this month uh i'll go first because i i'm gonna spoiler a lot of king of the ring uh made me excited for uh raw and the wwf brand best overall performer bret hart uh what he did in king of the ring uh was amazing uh and he's still lifting that company even though hulk hogan's being a bitch and like uh doing like thunder in paradise and and stuff and Soon to leave WWF to go to WCW. So that's my yeah. best overall performer. Did you have a runner-up or anything? Uh, runner-up, Mr. Perfect. Because Mr. Perfect fucking put on great matches with Bret Hart <laughs> and shit. So mm-hmm. I, I that was my honorable mention. Mine, uh, my best overall performer was Bret Hart. Yeah, because that was like a... That was a career-defining moment, really, in my opinion, when he did those King of the Ring matches. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's like one guy had three really good to great matches in one pay-per-view. Like that's largely unheard of still to this day. <laughs> uh, and I have an honorable mention. Mine is Shawn Michaels because he's putting on pretty good undercard matches with with guys, especially sometimes you don't expect. And he's getting interview time too, and he's pretty he's pretty funny. He's pretty entertaining. So he's mm. still kind of pulling his his load too. And they're still calling him gay. And they're still saying Sean is gay. And then he goes, Sean is great. <laughs> <laughs> Always funny. Uh how about you, Chaz? Yeah, so I'm I'm cheating a little because like you said, I, I didn't watch um all of the shows in the calendar. Uh, I joined halfway through June. However, I'm fully familiar with uh, King of the Ring and uh, when I had my latest uh, Bret Hart binge, him being one of my favorite wrestlers of all time, uh, I I revisited King of Ring 93 and greatly fondly recall that the matches he had there. So yeah, at this time period, without a doubt, but Bret Hart's the the, the best overall performer. Um, If I do have to pick a runner up, since I, I did cheat a little, if I had to pick within the confines of what I watched, I was actually really impressed with Scorpio Sky, so I'll give him my honorable mention. Uh, I really liked that match that he had uh, there, and I, I will say I didn't, I didn't watch a lot of Scorpio, or not Scorpio Sky, uh, Too Cool Scorpio. Sorry, <laughs> name. They don't time traveling. Sorry, beer's still hitting hard. Uh, but yeah, Too Too Cold Scorpio. Uh, I uh, I really liked the match he had with Barry Windham when we watched uh, Clash of the Champions. Yeah, and uh, I really thought that he was a good performer. I didn't get a chance to really watch 
a lot of his stuff as a kid, so I don't remember as much of it. And now going back and watching it, I really admire some of the work that he was able to put on. I thought he was a very underrated performer. So, for again, within the confines of what I got to watch with you guys, yeah, I, I think he was my, my overall performer for that. But but Bret Hart uh, takes the cake. No no one no one's gonna take away from Bret Hart versus Mr. Perfect in that that King of the Ring match. As, as, that's just he said career defining. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, believe up next was uh, best promo. Uh, Dubs, what was your best promo? Uh, it's the Raw after WrestleMania. Um, was it the Raw? No, not WrestleMania. The one Whoa. where. Uh, you're too, damn it. Yeah, it's the one where Yoko. You mean, you mean with Cody Rhodes? <laughs> <laughs> it's that one... was a good promo. To be fair, <laughs> <laughs> it's the one where uh, it's after fucking King of the Ring, the Raw after King of the Ring, where Yoko goes, Hulkamania is dead after Fuji fucking talks. <laughs> So, that was yeah. And my honorable mention is Jerry the King Lawler when he was on Raw and he was like, You probably think people in New York, you probably think the garbage is the golden arches or whatever. That promo. They paint their trash cans uh, yellow or red and they think it's like McDonald's, so the kids will go in there and eat garbage. And it's like, yeah. Damn. That was a great heel promo. It was, that was pretty entertaining. I remember that. Um, I had uh, Ric Flair because Ric Flair finally got fired up. And he got sick of fucking the Hollywood blondes. And he did that promo with Arn Anderson mm-hmm. talking about like how it's like, be careful what you ask for. And he, he just did a, a Ric Flair promo, like a classic Ric Flair promo. And those are always entertaining as hell. Mm. <laughs> um, to the point where I said it to some of my friends who – like just barely dabbled in wrestling. I, I recorded it on my phone. I'm like, see, you need to let people do shit like this again. <laughs> <laughs> just go off the cuff. Just go, just go crazy. Cut a promo. Uh, my honorable mention was Razor Mode because he was building up the the shit with Kid the whole time, and mm. it was you know he's called him Stick Mang, and that was funny, and he called him Mick Mang <laughs> and Hit Mang. He, he he had three Mangs throughout the, <laughs> the month of June. <laughs> And the money and all that shit. It was just, yeah, he was kind of getting more more mic time. Uh, so Razor's my honorable. Okay, Chaz, what about you? Yeah, so I actually gave mine, even though it's brief, I gave it to the combo of Sid Vicious and Invader. <laughs> Sticking to the confines we got to watch. Now, not the skit. We'll get there because we don't worry. We're going to talk about that. Uh, but uh, the uh, the promo they cut uh, after their squash match. Um, that was good, too. Yeah, where uh, they very quickly go on and and uh, go over the, being the masters of the power bomb, uh, and how they're gonna be they're gonna brutalize um, the uh, the British Bulldog and Sting at, at Beach Blast, and they're gonna make him retire and stuff. Super that that whole thing tapping with tie, yeah, tying into uh, like Harley Race and um, and everything. And then I did have a I guess like adding a an honorable mention because I thought about it. Ric Flair cuts like the briefest promo like during that that talk show segment he had. Uh, it's like even in passing, he just does. It, I just love how smooth and cool it was that he would just call out Barry Windham after being attacked, and he's like, 
I, I, I want you. I need you. I gotta have you, baby. I'm gonna get that title. Like it just, it's so quick and smooth and, and seamless. It's just such an easy thing to do, and it just sells you. Okay, he's gonna go for it. So I, I yeah. don't know. I, I, I really appreciated that. So that, that'd be my, my runner-up. Uh, best angle. Dubs, what do you? What's your best angle? Uh, Kurt. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> get it? Because best <laughs> angle. Uh, you're obtuse. Yeah, <laughs> the beach, <laughs> the beach segment with the uh, vicious invader. Uh, yes, I think we're all gonna pick it right. Or is that everybody's? Can, okay. can we just move on? It was the best. <laughs> the beach troop carrier beach invasion. Yes, that that's that's what it was. Uh, it's the best segment I've ever seen with a U boat ever. Yes, <laughs> better than saving Private Ryan. Uh, Bre- <laughs> Bret Hart. Uh, my runner-up is Bret Hart when he wins the King of the Ring and Jerry the King Lar kicks the shit out of him. Man, I almost put that as my honorable, but because uh, that was good. That was a good beatdown too. Yes. Um. Uh, I put just save time because we're all going to talk about the beach blast thing. Uh, I put one, two, three kids steal ra- steals razor remotes, ten thousand dollars, and leaves the arena. Oh yeah, that's a good one too. Okay, cool. I was just the. I I can still remember that when I watched it as a kid. Though I was like, "God, he stole his money." (laughs) Uh, Chaz, what was yours? Did you have a runner-up? So I didn't have one, but if I had to pick one, that's what I would pick in terms of the stuff we've watched. That I I remember that segment fondly uh, as a kid too. So, uh, but yeah, it was unanimous. The 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 U boat beach blast. It was absurd. (laughs) It was like when in the all white, the right ways. It was like when the White Castle of Fear happened back in February. That that won the the best angle too because it was just so fucking ridiculous. <laughs> I can't wait till we get to the part. Uh, I don't know what year it is, but Hulk Hogan goes to like some creepy area or whatever. Uh, the Dungeon Doom, and he's like gets yeah. teleported there. He's like, "Where is this? Yeah, <laughs> I've never been here before." And then he like touches a fountain of water and he's like, ah, it's not hot. <laughs> what? <laughs> what yeah. So weird. I think that's like 95 or something. Yeah, years. that's that's later. He yeah, that's it's it's uh it's ninety it's pre-giant. It's like ninety-five just coming up to ninety-six. That's when the giant appears is that that segment. Uh it is, yeah, exactly. It's it's like right when he debuts and stuff. Yeah. So it's, I think my, my favorite part of that whole thing, I, I'm not gonna go much further, is like when uh uh King Curtis he's part of the Dungeon Doom with, with Kevin Sullivan, he's like Hogan saying, I've never been here before, it's so hot. He's looking around, and then you just hear oh! <laughs> 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 off in the background somewhere. <laughs> Oh my god, that gets me every time. Yeah. <laughs> um, best tag team. I guess I'll start with this one. Um, yeah. even though we didn't have a lot of tag teams that, that were overly heavily highlighted, um, I'm gonna give it to the Steiner brothers only because that I'm I'm biased that in the the time frame I, I fucking love me some Steiner brothers. Uh, now, if I had to go strictly based on what we watch and content, I actually think I would go with the Hollywood Blondes. So that's my runner-up. Okay. Uh, mine's the opposite. Hollywood Blondes. I, I forgot to fucking put that in my notes. I'm looking, I'm like, where the fuck is tag team? Uh, Hollywood Blondes and then runner-up the Steiners. Because what I love about Scott is when he hits that Frankensteiner, you're fucking gonna go. 
and going with them. Yeah, <laughs> they they hit so hard. They're just so hard. It's stiff as hell. What sucks is like their WWF run. Like they had a pretty good little run there, but like they don't have that many matches that are like lengthy enough. Uh, and I think it was part of their frustration why they eventually wanted to leave because they, they weren't getting featured in matches like how they wanted to. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's at SummerSlam though. They have a match with um, the Heavenly Bodies uh, from Smoky Mountain, and that that is supposed to be a good tag team match. Uh, but my best tag team was Hollywood Blondes, and the honorable being the superpowers staying in British Bulldogs because I like that tag team. Oh, yeah. I, I like them together. You know, it just feels yeah. right somehow. It does. The Radical Cocaine Express. <laughs> yeah. The Creatine Express. PCP. <laughs> yeah, the PC. Yeah, the <laughs> Angel Dust. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Best match. I'll go. Brett versus Bam Bam. That was my highest rated match throughout the whole month. 9.1 out of 10. So, uh, was, King of the Ring. Runner-up was the Mr. Perfect one because that was 9.0. <laughs> 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 I think we're all going to do the same thing where it's like something something unprecedented is going to happen. I have, I, have, I have both of those matches as well, but they're flipped. That's <laughs> what I would pick. But the Bret Hart Mr. Perfect match is one of my favorite matches of all time. It's up there. It's 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 in like if I, I don't know how high it is, but it's in my top ten to or top twenty whatever matches I've ever watched. It's it's actually one of the matches like I can fondly remember as a kid. Like I actually have one of my first memories, um, is is that match. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Mine, mine's the same as yours, uh, Chaz. It's Bret Hart, Mister Perfect, then Bret Hart, Bam Bam, and. Again, for me, again, like those matches, they're off by like a point one in terms of how much I I like. Them. Oh yeah, just the smallest difference between the two. Yeah, Bam Bam was so underappreciated. I mean, I, it's hard to say he's underappreciated. It's it's one of those like things. Oh, you didn't put the belt on him and give it to him, so he he was underutilized. And as a big guy, he could move. Brett really liked working with him too, and you can tell. I think uh, he talked about. I think it's in. It might be on the network now or something. There's like some kind of hit lost. They call it lost gems or hidden gem or whatever, where they recorded a match somewhere like on a tour, like in South Africa or some bullshit. And it's uh, Brett's like, that's the best match I ever had with him, actually. And nobody's ever seen it. (laughs) It's on there, I suppose. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, Best commentary. I always said this. Larry Zabisco and Tony Schiavone. Um, I like Vince uh, Heenan and Macho because of the entertaining, but I always give a plus to Larry because he does great color commentary, and he would always... The, them two, I think, have a great chemistry. I I guess I told you my runner-up was Vince, Macho, and Heenan. Yeah, I'm, I'm flipped, but I'm, I've got the same people. Uh, I'm biased because of Savage and Heenan a little bit. Uh, like Savage doesn't give like great commentary. He's honestly just there for like some to to fill in. And sometimes he says something. His macho manisms, like he, I like when he slaps his belly. He's got soul, just <laughs> 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 stuff like that. But uh, Heenan is just a gem on commentary. I don't care who he's with. Yes. Uh, 
Uh, what about you, Charles? Yeah, I, so I have I didn't get a chance to watch any of the the shows that uh, that had uh, uh, Zabisco as, as commentary. So I, I basically really just have Ventura and and Shivani as opposed to uh, the the Raw team. So um, that being said, I, I would I would choose the uh, the the pairing with uh, Heenan McMahon Macho. He, like Heenan just has so many outlandish things to make you laugh. <laughs> it's, it's, it's ridiculous. Um, and, and actually, I do appreciate, even though I know he'll do some of the play-by-play or whatever, Vince gets so overly vigilant. It's almost like an, to an autistic level of how vigilant he gets about certain things when you're watching, and it's entertaining as hell. <laughs> it really is. <laughs> like, why the hell did he do that? Well, he doesn't look at That's a ridiculous thing to say about the, uh, the president's, uh, the first lady. Like, he just gets so upset about things. Like and he picks the most random things to get mad about that have nothing to do with the wrestling match he's watching. You're talking about like Kamala how he's a savage or something. He's like, stop that, stop it now. <laughs> he can't help it. Yeah. Now, now for the fun part, the worst, uh, worst overall performer. Ooh. I'll go, go last on this one. I'll go first, and this has nothing to do with the guy. It's because of an injury. But Paul Orndorff had a very average uh, matches because of his injury, which kind of hurt his style a little bit. And yeah. I'm going to have to give him... I don't have a runner-up. I guess now I do have a runner-up. Uh, fucking Crush. Uh, <laughs> so <laughs> Crush is the worst performer, in my opinion, as a runner-up. Okay. Mine is uh, Colonel Robert Parker because he's still <laughs> terrible. <laughs> he's like, oh, he knows promos. He's like, I saw him, but he was a Greek god. And he came down from a bolt of lightning. No. Oh, uh, oh God. Say something. Oh. <laughs> Elvis Presley. Oh, yeah. I called Elvis. <laughs> <laughs> he's doing his typical shit. And then uh, Bastion Booger is my runner up because that match was just fucking <laughs> shit, dude. And I'm, I'm going to blame him more than Crush on that. <laughs> <laughs> it's like right. I actually have mine flipped. I have I have Bastion uh, Booger as my worst performer again. What he deserves it. He literally balls itch. You guys think I just said that as a metaphor? <laughs> I actually was like scratching the Fermunda cheese, man. Like <laughs> he was he was making me feel horrible. <laughs> just I couldn't watch it. It's such an eyesore. Uh, and then yeah, uh, Parker kills me. Like the Boss Hog cosplay mixed with like this weird like pentecostal holy roller like just i can't oh man it it, it also in a way caused my balls to itch like so so thank you for that i'm gonna need preparation age i would like a a, my hamburger uh, very medium rare oh it's so juicy in my mouth mm, sorry you know what's crazy is he has like a really long run in wcw so we have to deal with him for a while and he mm-hmm. he manages stunning steve austin oh shit the only thing i like to think is that it, in a weird way is that we went from boss hog to, to to colonel parker and then somehow that led to doug dimmodome and it's not wrestling at all but yeah <laughs> if you if you know you know but uh but anyway i yeah, I don't. I don't know. I'm just. I'm, I'm over it. I, if I never had to hear his voice again, I'd be okay with it. Well, you're going to have to hear it more. Yeah. <laughs> he, he he worked me into a shoot, brother. 
shit. <laughs> Worst promo. I think this will be fun. I wrote every Max Payne promo that happened in the month of June. <laughs> you went harder than me. Yeah. Because <laughs> I picked a specific one. And I think you know which one. Alright, that's all I have is Max Payne and runner up Max Payne. Damn, you double yeah. you got yeah. double. I picked Max Payne on Johnny B. Bad's party pooper. Yep, that's one of them. Because I was just like, that's that was the moment. I was like, what the fuck do they have him doing? Are you fucking serious? <laughs> he stole his confetti cannon, and that's that's the impetus for this feud. It's fuck. <laughs> he called him a party pooper. It's like he was kind of making fun of him, but if anything, he just made it dumber. Yeah. Uh, and then honorable mention was Mr. Foodie trying to talk about the 4th of July. That was, that was, <laughs> yes. Like, I want Jim Bonsai. Needs to show up now. Or just let Yoko Zuna say America sucks. Hulk Bania sucks. Lost. Let's go. Brother. He can say brother too. He can slip a brother in there. Brother. So right, so I actually forgot that uh Max Payne even was a thing. Because I got the, I just got the one promo wherever he shot the cannon in his face. I forgot. So I guess I have to give that the honorable mention by default. Um I actually chose the promo that involved uh uh crap, what's his name? Alexander Bagwell. Oh the one. Oh the yeah. Oh my god. Yeah, that with um That's a runner up uh, upon a runner up for me. Oh yeah. man, that that promo is god awful. And poor guy, I feel bad because it's not like a awful promo of like, man, what what am I watching? And we're watching his best. He's trying, he's trying. <laughs> he's so young and inexperienced, and he hasn't. <laughs> he doesn't have the nut hair yet, so he's still like you know. <laughs> yeah, it got burned off. He was clearly watching Bastion Booger matches before he <laughs> got that promo. <laughs> he was fucking scraping that cheese. <laughs> grade three for Munda. <laughs> fucking gag a maggot off a gut wagon. <laughs> God damn. Too <laughs> drunk to taste that chicken. Oh, I man. Like money. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Worst tag team. Money Inc. Money Inc. Yeah, <laughs> I don't have an don't, honorable mention either. I I didn't even watch anything, but I remember how terrible they were in general. So I'll, I'll go with that. Yeah, I'll, I'll give the punches. I'll give you I a bad saying that about them, but it's just like they've just not really been that good. I'll give you a runner up, um, and it doesn't involve like an actual team. It combines teams: it, the Fatu and uh, Rotunda. Oh, when, head shrinkers. Yeah, when they combined that team, I was like, "That's fucking terrible." <laughs> I remember that when they were doing that shit, where it's like they were trying to give them money and they didn't understand. They were eating it. It was like, what the fuck? Quit mm-hmm. doing that. <laughs> and it was chaos. So you picked Money Inc. too, Shaz? Yeah, I, was, I didn't have anybody marked for worst team, so I'm going by the default of I remember how horrible they were. Like, not even that I hated them. Like, boo! It was like you're uninteresting. Get off TV. Pretty much. That's that's really what it is. Just take the heat you want. Like Mike Rotunda's okay in the ring. His best days are behind him at that point. He was better in the '80s. Ted DiBiase can still wrestle and shit. He can still cut promos, but he's just like he has no traction right now. Um. Worst angle. 
Um, you you need to think for a second. Cactus Jack segments. Okay, that's mine too, and I don't have a follow up for that either. It's Cactus Jack lost in Cleveland. It's it's that shit. Sorry, my oh shit, I forgot that happened. That's pretty terrible. My brain, sorry for the hesitation. My brain went to worst match, and I'm like. Wait a second, this match here is not an angle. <laughs> and I was like, I, I wrote up here, I was like, Cleveland sucks. And that's what I wrote. <laughs> Cleveland sucks. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's, uh, yeah, that's, I'd have to go with that. that um, I had the Max Payne thing down as, because uh, it was kind of a promo, but also a segment. Talk oh. about when he shot, the, shot him with yeah. the. Yeah. The cannon thing, yeah, that was really stupid. So I put that down as my worst segment. I kind of, I kind of like the actual act of of hitting him with it, and the, he sold it well. They they sold it well as like, oh my god, he's really hurt, but it was still fucking dumb. Oh, so I thought the whole thing was really stupid. I just wasn't buying into it, but I, I get that though. But yeah, I get. But that would take the back seat to the 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 Cactus Jack Cleveland thing because that was just like, what. <laughs> yeah. uh, yep, Godzilla didn't get it. He had a stroke and died trying it's to watch a, that. It's a kind of a legendarily bad WCW angle, really. Mm-hmm. Uh, worst match: uh, Paul Orndorff, uh, Dick Slater versus Jim Neinhart and uh, JYD Junkyard Dog. That's my honorable mention. Yeah, oh, I, I mean, okay. Honorable mention: Bastard Booger. Versus Crush. That's my worst match. <laughs> That's my worst match too. I don't. I don't have a. I don't have a uh, runner up. That that match was just horrible. It stunk. Actually, that is my runner up. It's it's number one and number two. Whoa! <laughs> Piss and shit. He stinks. <laughs> like, okay, so like, but the thing with the the tag match Orndorff and Dick Slater and them was like, yeah, it's like you were talking about earlier. Paul Orndorff's injured. He's kind of he needs to go home and rest. And JYD is not great either. JYD is terrible at this point. He's fucking fat. He shaved his beard and he looks weird and shit. And it's like even Jim Neidhart is pretty good. He's still kind of in shape at this point, but he can't carry that. <laughs> uh, and yeah, we, we've, we've given our thoughts about Bastion Booger and Crush. Yep. So uh, it's stable time. You want me to Who go? Yeah, who's in the new dubs order? So I I made some new additions because I was like, man, mine is so fucking vanilla. It's so stupid. So in the beginning, I had Mr. Perfect. I had Bret Hart. I had fucking Vader and Sid. And I was like, this is too fucking stupid for me. Like, it, it's good. It's like an all-star. But I'm like, I want to have some pizzazz. I want to have uh, something cool. So I have Mr. Perfect. And I cheated a little bit. Smoking Guns as the tag team. Um, Fat Two and Adam Bomb. <laughs> that's the, <laughs> that is. That the, sounds like a wild crew, really. Yeah, that's the Dubs World Order. I have Mister Perfect would be the veteran of the group. Uh, Fat Two would be the second veteran, I guess. Um, Smoking Guns, obviously going after the tag titles, and Adam Bomb. Uh, probably going for a mid card title, probably Intercontinental Championship. So, okay. Um, who's in ZX? I'll tell you who's in ZX. 
Bret Hart, Vader, Sid, and Doink. Oh, fuck. I forgot Doink. God damn it, Zach. <laughs> now, here, now, here's the idea. See, Brett turns heel, and he starts criticizing all the other wrestlers like how he does now. He, he te- he's talking about how terrible they are. And he, he, Invader and Sid and Doink just torture everybody while Brett stays in the main event and, and just and just hogs the title. Oh, Doink, and by he, the way? Uh, oh, yeah, the other Doink is there, too. He he, he switched places with Doink. They're, actually, they become a tag team later where it's the Doinks. It's Doink and Doink. Yeah, it's Doink and Doink. Doink, doink and Doink attorneys at law. Yeah. The Doink and Doink so, connection. And Sid and Vader just beat the yeah. fuck out of people and cut those, like, cocaine promos. That, that's what they do. <laughs> that's it. Damn it. All right, well, I'm going to need a minute. First off, I got a question. So, um... We'll introduce my, my faction in just a moment, but one tag team, correct? Yeah, um, it's up to you if you want. You can have okay. two tag teams. You can, you can do four tag teams if you want. <laughs> okay, because so here I can't even make this up. This is, this is what my my team is. So first off, I will introduce my faction. We are the fabulous Chaz Birds. Mm. So we're gonna roll with. I just okay. I, when I finally saw that, I just thought it was hilarious. Plus, it, it's a callback to the. Uh, the birds, the birds of war from uh, it's always sunny in Philadelphia. When mm-hmm. they dress up as a stupid fucking human bird shit, yeah. like, caca, caca. we look really cool. Why aren't they cheering us? <laughs> so, <laughs> so uh, anyway, we're we're the fabulous jazz birds. Um, and shit, you not. I I decided to go Bret Hart. I have the masters of the power bomb and invader and um and um sid sid and the idea is that brett of course is going for any main title we've got we got sid and vader they're not really going for any tag titles they're just like dominating whoever they want for the sake of it i actually have the steiner brothers rolling around pulling the stiff hits for the actual tag titles and then my wild card is doink (laughs) so can't ah. even make it up, you asshole! You took my 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 thing. I was gonna do the, the Doink wild card because I love me some Doink, but uh, but it, yeah. it's good. It's it's all good though. Uh, I didn't have the other Doink there with him. I just had him hanging out. He was again. He's the wild card. <laughs> okay, now we do our top twelve. Uh, Dubs, you want to do your top twelve first? Are are we gonna go twelve? We all tear out twelves, or are we just going through the list? Well, well, yeah, we each, we go each number twelve up. We'll we'll do that. Okay, we usually... number twelve is the Steiners. Great team, but short lived in in the WWF so far because you don't yeah, see a lot of it in the WWF Raw. Right. Uh, I have two Cold Scorpio at twelve. Okay, great. Um, I'm not gonna lie, I didn't do a top twelve. So, uh, and I, I think I'm too drunk to try to wing one. So I'm gonna let you guys roll with one. Uh, Bret Hart's number one. I just, I'll, I'll jump to that real quick. <laughs> Sorry, spoilers. <laughs> okay. I'll just do that, and that's it. But uh, I, I didn't make a top twelve because I, I actually forgot it was on the list. I skipped it by accident. So, what you got for eleven then? Rick Rude versus Sasaki it was a great match. I liked it. Enjoyed it. Oh, is Rick Rude your top twelve guy? Your eleven guy? Or yeah, is like... Rick Rude is my eleventh guy. But the match, what you had it with Sasaki, the the Asian guy. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I enjoyed it. So 
That's why, like, and plus Rick Root is putting on a good program. I've got Barry Windham at 11. Okay. He's been doing some, he's been having more matches. He's been doing more promos. They're finally doing the Ric Flair angle with him. Uh, So, yeah, he's there. So, how about 10? We got for 10. Fucking doink. (laughs) Doink. I got Brian Pillman at 10. Okay. You guys keep going. I'm number nine now. Uh, 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 yeah, number nine. Hacksaw Jim Duggan, uh, put on a couple of good matches in June, which I was surprised about. So yeah, I forgot about him actually. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've got Steve Austin at nine. Okay. Yeah. Uh, number eight for me uh, is the two people that you picked already. The, Hollywood Blondes. He's he's put them in, yeah. Yeah. I don't I don't do that when I I'm uh, doing mine, but that's just personal preference thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've got Sid at number eight. Okay, number he, seven. I have Razor Ramon. All righty, I've got Bam Bam Bigelow at seven. Okay, number six, Yokozuna. Number six is Doink. <laughs> nice. Um, number five, Jerry the King Lawler. Oh wow! Mm-hmm. I got British Bulldog at five. Uh, number four, Mister Perfect. Number four is Vader. Number three is Vader. Ah, huh. number three is Shawn Michaels. Number two is Bam Bam Bigelow. Number two is Mr. Perfect. And number one, Bret Hart. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Bret Hart's number one, as it should be. Mm-hmm. Bret Hart's number one! <laughs> uh, best show? That's that's the last thing we do, usually. Uh, and who won? For me, it was King of the Ring. Yeah, King of the Ring. Oh, yeah. I didn't even watch it with you guys, and I knew that. King of the Ring was the best show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The, the Clash of the Champions was pretty good. I didn't like it as much as King of the Ring. Uh, mm-hmm. And that's pretty much it. That, that's our uh, our uh, June awards. No, we have one more. Who, who, Do we? Yeah, who? Yeah, we'll, that show, who won? One. Oh, that's right. I forgot to put that down. Uh, uh, WWF won this month. Yeah, I wrote that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, Agreed. Better matches, uh, better feuds, in my opinion. WCW is lacking. Um on the booking end. Uh, I will say the Vader, the beach blast shit that they have going on uh, with Vader, the, the, the masters of the power bomb versus uh, what are they? The superpowers or the mega the powers. mega powers is Hulk Hogan and macho. Uh, yeah. So I, I, I like what they're doing with that. Obviously the four horsemen's good. Ho- uh, and the Hollywood blondes is good. Uh, but raw, I am excited to watch raw more. And that, that's, it's kind of funny because like two months ago, or at least maybe a month ago, we were just like WCW is killing it, and WWF Raw is like okay. Now it's the other way around, and now it's like WCW is not killing it, and WWF is fucking doing good. That's right. Mm-hmm. And eventually, when we finish the year out, this will culminate in a super mega ranking that will encompass the entire year's content we've watched, and that will be probably under one show. 
meaning that like there's no fucking reviews <laughs> if we're gonna do that. Yeah, uh, probably. Mm -hmm. But that's it. We we we're finished with Jude. We're going into July now, nineteen ninety three. We got to get through the summer, and then we're into 1994, and that's where it kind of turns a little uh, stale for WWF for a little bit because all the career uh, gimmicks and shit come into place. Uh, the dark age. The dark age of the occupational era. It'll it, start to... I think good stuff still happens around that time, though. Like mm. WrestleMania 10 and... Uh, the SummerSlam of that year was good too, if I remember right. Um, everything in between that, though, I don't know. I can't. <laughs> Bret Hart has a really good match with One Two Three Kid on Raw that still gets talked about to this day. Mm -hmm. So we'll get to see that. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, I'm I'm excited for more Raw, and that's what we're gonna get next uh, episode. We're gonna be watching. Oh, we're gonna be talking about July 5th and July 12th in 1993. So remember to watch those shows and then come back and then we'll talk about it and review it. Any final words before we sign out? No. No. Let baby faces cut promos. Yes, AEW. <laughs> Chaz, what about you? How how was the beer? Oh, the beer was great. Um yeah, honestly, I I my only regret is I that I drank it so quickly. With the promo, I wish I would have enjoyed it instead of taking it to the head. But hey, it's fine. Hey, man, stone cold, man, you stone cold it up. That's well, yeah. not technically stone cold because you probably miss most of the beer and it would hit your shirt than your mouth. But I digress on that. Um, but anything else besides the beer? Uh, the anything you want to talk about wrestling wise before we sign out? No, I. I know. I think we briefly talked about this on the on the other our other podcast about the um, the AEW game. Oh yeah, potentially being released in September. It looks like that's more official now. They are looking for September. I think it was like early September of twenty two is what we're looking at now as far as a time frame. And it does look like there's potential for a tease for a not a playable demo, but maybe like a a tech demo that they'll release someone else playing um, within the coming months. Here, here's so more, more here on that. Here's what I'll say about it. If it plays like old wrestling games where it's fun, like no mercy or WrestleMania 17 uh, or 2000, anything before like when raw versus SmackDown went to simulation, then arcadey, I will eat that shit up. And Kenny Omega did an interview where it's like the graphics won't look great as WWE 2K22. Who cares? Just make a good wrestling game. If it looks fucking shitty, we'll make fun of it. Because No Mercy, when that shit came out, that was fucking scary looking at the faces on the uh, the models that they had. It was like a weird arcade <laughs> yeah. rally there. I think they're going to hit, like, it looks like they're doing like a, I don't want to really call it a car tuning look but it's something that kind of almost quasi approaches that like Fortnite, kind of a little less Fortnite, but yeah they're 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 going into the more refined like cell shaded type of graphics which is fine like again i agree with you gameplay uh is definitely the high priority there mm -hmm. so if it's if it plays to that arcade style and i mean that's what they're going for that's their inspiration the team they have on board that's what they're going for so hopefully they'll deliver but we'll see I, I, it, 
they're gamers, man. And so, and I know AEW games still, still try to make it fun. But if you want to catch more of getting some color, make sure you go on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. Uh, if you say Alexa, play getting some color, it'll show up. It'll show Steve Austin's bloody head. Um, and if you want to, uh, we're going to be doing Revelations 2, Resident Evil Revelations, in the first week of May. That's what we're aiming for. So uh, if you like Resident Evil, look for the Nemesis Project. And we're in comedy month uh, for Big Trouble Podcast. We're up to Zach's pick, which was uh, Monster Squad. Uh, and we just finished my pick with The Great Dictator. Uh, and Chaz's pick was Hot Fuzz. And those two are already recorded on all the podcasting stuff. So make sure you look for Big Trouble Podcast. But until next time, everybody, more wrestling will happen on the next Getting Some Color. See you guys later. Peace. Peace. Chess out. Yeah.